So when I was driving over here, there was a uh, there was a guy next to me that was really competitive about. It was a two lane road, right? Uh, you know, or four lane, I guess. Two lanes going uh, each direction. Two lane. He just said two lane. Two lane. Shout out. It's like when people Shout say you the, just said doo doo. The green wave. Green wave. Yes. Um, and he, you know, one of these competitive people. Now look, I speed generally, not like mm-hmm. nothing reckless. But I, my opinion is, if you're not going five or ten over, you're you're slow. But was this person being intentionally competitive with you? Yes. Obviously, they were like, like trying like- to avoid letting me get around them. And it's, again, I'm not like being crazy trying to pass, but it was like. You know, I, I I was behind them. I moved over to the right lane. There was a gap, and I didn't like floor it. I'm not being super intense, but I was clearly like going. I, I'm I'm getting past them, and I was eventually going to get in front of them because uh, there's more room in oh, front of so them. They right? didn't like that you sped up, and it was like this old beat up van, and he was like, and like intentionally <laughs> then tried to like give me a roadblock. Did you do anything previously to piss this no, person no, no, off? No, 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 no. And again, like I don't, I, it wasn't like an aggressive maneuver. What I think it was is I came across someone who's just one of these competitive drivers doesn't like to be passed. Okay. And I can appreciate that a little bit because I think like oddly enough, I'm not competitive in like that I have to be the fastest person on the road, but I do like... I've always prided myself, this is actually a skill of mine, <laughs> on being like really good at maneuvering between lanes to get, you know, oh, you're, like, you're a lane expert. Yes. Like, okay. you know how one lane will slow down, the other one picks up. I know you're kind. I think I have in an eight sense okay. for, for knowing, especially when it's a route that I'm familiar with, like knowing which lanes, where they slow up when. I'm, I have a very analytical brain for these kind of things, Tyler. And this guy was just not letting me budge and I wasn't mad. I wasn't late. I mean, technically, uh, you know, technically I was five minutes late. I'm always five minutes late. Um, but <laughs> it's your thing, that is Casually my thing, late. And which really means I'm on time. And so, but I was like, I, I, it made me laugh honestly. Cause I was like this guy in this like truly beat up old van, like comically, like if you could have a creepy van in a movie, it would be this a shagging wagon. It, no, 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 no. More like a kidnap wagon. What about like a Scooby-Doo van? It was like that, except dilapidated and dilapidated, old and, and dilapidated, and they're and they're not out solving mysteries. It's not full of like you know uh, cute teenagers that are trying to solve crimes and and figure out you know who done it. I like that word no dilapidated. Dilapidated. That's, I always like Depleted. adding words to my roster. Yeah, dilapidated is Throw a, that one is a nice one. That's a solid one because it's not everyone knows what it means. Uh-huh. So well, you don't, well, you don't come off don't, as pretentious. In a state of disrepair or ruin as a result of age or neglect. Yeah, busted. You could say it's another way of saying it's it's just straight busted. Is that what the kids say? That's what the kids might say. Uh, I had busted, to look up on yeah. my, on on my show the other day when the kids say no cap. No cap. I dude. thought it had to do with a handicap. No, well, no, it doesn't. P- apparently not. Maybe it should, though. I th- that's yeah. what I used to say. Like, yeah, I like this game. Do you have a cap? No, no cap, no but cap. I like this game. And also, don't don't confuse busted with bussin', because that's another what thing. What is bussin'? Bussin' means like, oh, that's sick. Like, instead of being like, that's tight, that's awesome, you'd be like, it's bussin'. Um, Where did this language come from? No cap. Um just, just kids these days making their own words up? Yeah. I, okay. I think it like all starts with like Busted. social media where like one cool kid starts saying it and then mm-hmm. everyone else catches on the trend. Whereas like you, when you and I were growing up, that still happened, but it happened much slower. Well, and there was no TikTok or No, but Twitter even still, or... I always think about this. Like there were viral rumors that spread like before even anyone was on the internet, right? Like I, I remember vividly learning about... Like in elementary school about Marilyn Manson, how he, you know, the rumor was he had, he removed two of his ribs so he could suck his own dick. <laughs> I did remember. And everyone remember knew that. that. Everyone yeah. in the whole world heard that story. I don't even think it's true, 
But like in elementary school, you hear that. And that was before the internet. And so what I wonder is like, how do those ones go viral without social media? It's actually even more impressive. Yeah, but maybe they do. Maybe we just don't know about them. Or maybe it's true. And or that's are, why you, went are you viral. tapped in? Are you tapped into the social pipeline? Uh, I mean, I'm pretty tapped in. I'm on social media. Mm-hmm. I'm certainly not like hip. Okay. Like I don't have TikTok. I'm I'm, uh, I'm I, not a talker either. I pushed well, ba- not a TikToker. <laughs> I pushed back on Instagram for years and I finally I joined late, but I'm on it. And I'm doing the same thing with TikTok, but I'm actually putting my foot down. And I won't be getting a TikTok account. Okay. That's where that's where I, I draw the line. I don't think I will either. I, I'm not I don't have one. I'm probably not gonna get one. But to wrap up your your story with the driver, yeah. uh, how did it end? I want to hear the, the oh, final it was chapter fine. here. At some point I got past him, he switched into a different lane. Again, it wasn't a race. I wasn't trying to race. I just drive faster than some, but not aggressively. I'm not reckless. I'm not riding people's bumpers. I'm not an mm-hmm. asshole, right? Uh, but it was just funny to me that like this guy in the van was like, oh no, you're not getting past me. Right. <laughs> and so, and, and yeah, so it ended up fine. I made it here safely. Hopefully they made it home safely I've really, as well. I've really made it an effort, but I think it's part of my general changing of the way I look at everything mm. that uh, my road rage is really de-escalating. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I never really had like true, true road rage. I'll still scream at the inside of my windshield. But what I won't ever do is like pull up and roll down a window and yell at someone and like engage them because, you know, at least if you live in Colorado and if you're a college football fan, you probably live in states where, you know, that are pro Second Amendment as well. You don't know what kind of psychopath is going to be on the road next to you that might want to pull a gun. That's my point is like getting into it with people. And and once I actually had this issue. And by the way, uh, uh, producer Ryan is a little late. Right. So he'll be be in like 20 minutes. So we may do some story time. We may just, you know, have some fun before he gets here. But I do have one story about me and and some road rage. Okay. So uh, I was going straight well i don't have to name the street it was a pretty busy street mm-hmm. and it was a actually a four lane street oh wow but it wasn't like Super a highway, highway. It was just a, it was just like a really popular street and so the three lanes so there, there there's four lanes the very left lane is a left hand only turn sure the two middle ones are obviously straight and in the right lane you can turn right right i was in the uh middle right middle right lane yep and the light turns green. Mm-hmm. We all start to go, and the car from the left-hand turn lane turns all the way in front of all three lanes. And makes a right? And makes a right. That's like the George Costanza thing. I can, it was I horrible. Can, I can make a left from the, from the right lane. He's like bragging about it. It was horrible. And so I... That's an ultimate dick move. And so I, in the right-hand lane, because there was no one to the right of me at that point, so uh-huh. I almost hit her. And oh, so, wow. And so I had to turn my car to the right, so I'm at a 45-degree angle, so I pull into the parking lot. She follows behind me, and I get out of the. I actually got out of the car. Oh! And I was like, "What's going on?" And, and, and she starts yelling at me. Oh wow! Like, oh fuck you! Yeah, what are you doing? It's not my fault. Just slap her around. And she had a dog in the car. Oh! And so I start going, "You got a dog back here? You got a dog?" <laughs> and then two seconds later, a cop pulls up. Nice. And I was like, "Oh shit!" And, and I was like, uh, "Hey, what's going on?" He and uh, he goes, "It's all right. I saw the whole thing." I was like, "Do you need me to hang around like for this whole thing?" And he's like, "No, get out of here." Did he, did he hit her a couple times with like the nightstick or something? <laughs> I don't know what he did. But, you know what's funny is like in uh, different, like, you know, here in Colorado, obviously, fr- uh, drivers are pretty friendly, right? For the if most you part, go to like yeah. the East Coast, uh, certain parts of like, the, like Texas drivers can be nuts and yes. like in the Dallas area. Have you ever heard of a Pittsburgh left? Mm-hmm. Now, again, I've never actually been not. to Pittsburgh, but I've heard of this phenomenon. Uh, phenomena, phenomenon, phenomenon, and uh, apparently there's this Pittsburgh left theme. So apparently there's lots of, 
you know, uh, single lane roads, right? Where it's just one lane going, uh, or one lane going each way. And in those situations, normally if you are making a left turn at like a, like if you're stopped at a light and it's just one lane and you're going left, you have to wait for all the traffic coming the opposite way to turn. But apparently in Pittsburgh, there's this like unwritten rule that everyone knows that when the light goes green, if you're in the first person, you can cut. You go <laughs> really? and you just make the turn. Okay. And it's called a Pittsburgh left. So ah. we're going to need some listeners to confirm. Pittsburgh left. DM us on, on Twitter at CFB underscore pod and let us know if the Pittsburgh left is, in, is indeed a real thing. I know one of my buddies who got the Pittsburgh lefty uh, treatment in Vegas. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's what they used to call it. The Pittsburgh lefty? Yeah, you can fill in the blank there if you'd like to. Uh <laughs> Uh, well, we do. We are going to talk college football. After all, it is. We, college, we are. It is college football tailgate. Uh, we mentioned Smitty's not here yet. He will be here shortly. I'm. Uh, I'm Will Chambers with us as always. We're here in the Woos Media Studios. Tyler Walgy, professional better. Hello, uh, mate. We're going to be breaking down Week Six games. But uh, Will didn't mention I am in the producer seat. Okay, That's so right. Ra- so Ryan's not here. Ryan does the sound he records this he pushes the buttons and he so pushes the buttons and so <laughs> and so <laughs> i had I, I slid over mm. and he's gonna have to sit in my seat because i got all my stuff here first of all all my stuff's laid out but also i got the buttons in front of me and i love yeah. tyler does love being in, in control of the buttons I can yeah. play anything I want to. You, you do know love what? being in control of the sound. I'm surprised I, that you don't just rig it up to be in your normal seat and then just have Smitty just, <laughs> just adjust the volume. I love the buttons. Well, I, I don't think Ryan likes for me to have the buttons. I think he thinks that right. that, uh, I think he, he knows that He's I can't be trusted. He's producer Smitty. That's, right. It, you know, that's his thing. Exactly. He knows I can't be trusted with the buttons. The but buttons. I do have a will sound on here, a will drop that never gets <laughs> dropped before. It's your, it's your, uh, this one. I like to self-identify as like a supermodel. Yeah. And so there you go. I mean, again, we talked about this before <laughs> when he played this for me. I don't remember saying that, but um, it's still true. Uh, you know, uh, it's I'm still glad, true. I'm I definitely do self-identify yeah. as a supermodel. But that's why I'm in this seat. Ryan will be here soon. He's going to sit in my seat. Yep. And if there's more sound effects today, you know exactly why. He's... Yeah. Yeah. And he's going to, he might adjust, you know, your cushion because if uh, <laughs> we all we're used to sitting in the same seat. So our little ass mark, but Prince. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all different. You may adjust it. Um, and, and he's coming with a movie review. So stay tuned. That's right. Tyler's got his Halloween movie review. So we talked well, Ryan about Ryan has on, his Halloween movie review. Yeah. Isn't yes. that what I said? Did you I said say? Tyler. Oh, I, oh, yeah. my bad. Wow. <laughs> I mean, uh, here's the thing is that I'm, I'm so used to looking this way and talking to Smitty. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's doing 31 Halloween movies for the whole month of Halloween. He's doing a different Halloween movie every night. First of all, that's that's uh, devotion. Okay, I could on. never commit to watch a movie every day. We have to talk about this last time or when he gets here. He he's totally stole that idea from me. Oh, really? I've been doing this for years, except I do Halloween TV shows. But not only that. Octo- episodes. Episodes. But not only that, my fiance and, my fiance and I, uh, going back three years now, we have... Uh, every October we do Halloween episodes. Every November we do Thanksgiving episodes. Every December we do Christmas episodes. Wow. And we do them all, all our favorite shows, you know, uh, 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 Seinfeld, Simpsons, you know, uh, uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. No. <laughs> but but so we've been doing that for years. And then Ryan comes up with this movie idea this year and yes. you want to start heaping praise like he just invented the well, wheel. Well, uh, he is doing it with movies, let's be fair. I'm not heaping praise on <laughs> the that, idea. Is that more of a commitment? Cause it, movies yeah, are... they're two hours. That's, you can knock out four episodes in the time of a movie, right? And so I'm not, I'm not heaping praise yeah. on the idea. It's on the, the commitment and the effort. Good, because you know a how, I, you know how I, I'm needy with my praise around here. Well, I think that what it I, is... I must be praised. Certain, it's, it's not even that you need to be praised, but seeing someone else get credit for your work is, is a totally oh, exactly. different thing entirely. Like it. It's like, what does Michael Scott say? He goes, 
uh, do I need to be liked? No, I don't need to be liked. It's nothing like my need to be praised or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I am. Well, we are going to break down week six games. I'm excited about that. We have a good slate. Um, go. We're, we're going to be doing Smitty's Halloween movie review. Uh, we're bringing back Pump It or Dump It. It's back. It's back. Only um, after like two or three weeks, we're pumping and dumping like that. Yeah, we're pumping and dumping. But, but it's because everyone's pumping and dumping on the stock market. So we got to keep up with them. Yes, exactly. Um, and, you know, the other thing that, we, that we're we going to do is, um, you know, we, we have some college football news. And we talked about it a little bit. Um, you know, on, on Sunday's episode, but if, uh, you know, obviously Paul Chris being fired from, uh, you know, from Wisconsin being the biggest one, Carl Durrell, of course, let go at Colorado as well. And yeah. now already there's rumors swirling about potential coaches that are going to be filling some of these jobs. So obviously we have, uh, Arizona state, we have, um, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Who was uh, the other big one this year? Who uh, got Nebraska? Nebraska. Nebraska, yeah. Arizona, Colorado. Wisconsin, and Colorado being right. so, the four so, big so schools. So let's rank those based on ideal destination for you know the average head coach. I say number one, Wisconsin. Number two, actually, I think Arizona State. Mm. I think there's a lot of positivity that they, they, they could happen. They, they could be like a giant and waiting, in my opinion. Nebraska third, Colorado fourth. Interesting. In terms of like appeal. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess like just from like a football program standpoint, I might, I don't know. I'm not sure that like, but what do you think about as a coach? You think about living area, you think about yeah, see, program, if, you think if, about salary potentially, who could pay you the most salary is a like, big Wisconsin's going to write the biggest, well, maybe Nebraska Nebraska is going to be yeah. fat for salary yeah, that's um, true. and it's in the big 10, but not as great for recruiting. But again, Wisconsin's kind of in, in a similar spot there as far as recruiting goes. Um, Colorado might be the best for like, Hey, weather plus other factors. It, it depends on this. I'm worried about Arizona State with their future sanctions coming down. I think that's going to be a big deal. See, I'm not so sure. I mean, teams have gotten past that. I think I think the biggest thing right now is what's going to happen with these Pac-12 teams when they when the Pac-12 doesn't exist mm. in two years. Georgia Tech. I forgot about Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia they're, State. They're on correct. the list yes. as well. They're, they're Atlanta. Too. Shout out. Uh, but but right now, they're, what I'm hearing is the two schools that are going to be left out of the shuffle mm-hmm. at the end of the Pac-12 are Oregon State and... Um, like Cal or something. No, Cal's appealing for the the academics. Washington State, Washington State, and and Oregon State are the two they're going to be left. Be Mountain West. They're saying that the uh, uh, Arizona teams, Utah, Colorado, to the Big Twelve, and then the rest of the Big Ten. So like Washington, Oregon, Washington, to the Big Oregon, Ten. UCLA, 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 USC, USC. Yeah. Interesting. What about... Because um, obviously when you think Big Ten football, you think all across the West Coast. Well, I think Oregon, first of all. <laughs> yeah. I think Oregon. I think Washington. Did you know that the Simpsons, Springfield and the Simpsons is actually Springfield, Oregon? No, it's not. Yes, it is. That, I thought that, that every state has been ruled out and, it, and the whole thing is just a ruse. It's a big red herring. Incorrect. It is uh, Springfield, Oregon. Is it really? Yes. Yes. Oregon? Of all the places. Why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? Because you it, seem they skeptical. They just don't have Oregon vibes. You seem skeptical. Here's what it, we'll put a pin in this. During the next week, you can research this, and then we'll have a discussion on next week's show. Is that okay? Or do you want to hash this out now? I'm just going to Google it. Right oh, now. God. Okay. Simpsons, okay. Springfield. Look, there's going to be a couple articles that dispute that because. Right. But 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 it's the it's overwhelming. Because it doesn't evidence. really exist, right? It's, it's overwhelming evidence. It's, it's no, a no, fake it does. place. That is not true. It's It's based on Springfield, Oregon. Uh, wow. I mean, yeah, you're right. I am going to have to just do some research. Yeah, yeah, we'll do some research is, I can't get to the bottom of it and right we'll, now. The truth will set you free. Okay. The truth will what they set say? you free. That is Isn't exactly that what Judge what Judy said? Who coined that? A not Judge Judy. Mm-hmm. No, I believe the truth will set you free was like um, uh, somewhat like Sojourner Truth or Frederick Douglass or something like that. All right. Let's see. Who coined... 
The truth. If I get this right, if it's Frederick Douglass, I'm I'm gonna feel real fucking. Uh, it good. It comes from the Bible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, I, I missed I missed it by a couple thousand years. <laughs> no big deal. Um, yeah, I mean, look. It, was it Judge Judy? Was it Frederick Douglass? Was it, was it, was it God? I would Judge Judy. No so. one knows. Um, but it's true. This, the truth will set you free. So we will yes. look into that. Yes. Um, yeah, Paul Chris being fired. There's a lot of people that I feel like are dumping on Wisconsin right now and saying... They are not pumping on Wisconsin. They're not. <laughs> they're not pumping Wisconsin right now. But like people are saying... I've seen a lot of it on Twitter, on social media, just in, in the overall realm of college football where they're like, hey... Be careful what you wish wish for, Wisconsin. Like in the same realm of like when Tennessee got rid of Philip Fulmer, when Texas got rid of Mac Brown, um, uh, you know, when Michigan got rid of of Lloyd Carr, where like things go bad after this legendary coach. Paul Christ wasn't that. Yes, he won. He had lots of years where he was winning nine, ten games. Yeah, but he's not like the last three years. Wisconsin has not been good. Right. I mean, last year they were bad. They were really disappointing. And I know ultimately they ended up. I think they may have. They they may, they end up winning the Big Ten West whatever it is though it's that when was the last big game Wisconsin has no won? I, it's I, been I years. agree and in general you know when you run that sort of style you're gonna get your wins you're gonna find ways to pick certain teams off I always say that kind of about like these these academy schools you're gonna get wins because of the style you run Wisconsin runs a very pro style they've got their good offensive line they're gonna have games right. where they inevitably have a good matchup against average to below average defensive lines but Paul Christ he, he's I think he's a very good head coach, right. but he needs to run that system. He needs to have everything right in line. I mean, let's let's face it. We're talking about the Bible here. He's no Paul Christ, <laughs> right? No, like no. That's why it's spelled differently exactly. too. It's exactly. Why? Exactly. It's so, why. Just totally different vibe. So uh, the, the only bummer about it is that he was like, to me, when you think of like who a Wisconsin Wisconsin football coach should be. It's Paul Chris. Oh, dude, that 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 guy loves his cheese curds. He looks tell. like a guy who yes. just got back from Culver's, had some cheese curds, <laughs> yes. had some cheese curds, drinks whole milk every morning for breakfast, has some fried eggs, you know, some I, bacon. I, I actually tried whole milk the other day because I had to get it because I was making uh, some, some home well some homemade biscuits. I usually drink. Uh, all right, I'm, I'm going to say it out there. I know we have a lot of listeners you're in the Midwest who are going to hate me. You're a skim guy. I'm an almond milk kind of guy, man. Oh well, I, I mean, look, if you're going to go milk alternative, I think almond yeah, milk is the best. Yeah, yeah, so that's what I do. But when I go do is, is I try and watch my dairy a little bit. I would have been more offended if you said skim. Honestly. No, 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 no. When I go milk, actually, I'll go two percent or whole. I like whole. Whole's I'm, nice. I'm, I'm whole, hundred percent. But we were. I was making some homemade whole, whole. Uh, homemade biscuits for some biscuits and gravy, yeah. and you need some whole milk for that. So, yeah, whole milk um, is just better. Yeah. I put it in my coffee every morning, um, and I don't like just drink uh, milk all that often. But when I do, I prefer it over two percent. I don't know. It's two two percent's okay. Skim is just, people that drink skim milk are disgusting they're You're disgusting uh, people they are questionable you know i have disgusting. i have my <laughs> i mean you just, you just go ahead and attack him right there yeah it's disgusting yeah okay. well i know paul chris doesn't drink skim milk so shout out to him um carl durell of course we mentioned the colorado head yeah, coach gone uh gone are you're obviously super tapped into uh you know we live here in colorado you're a big buffs fan you follow them very closely are there any like rumors already or leading candidates or people that that you know are maybe on the horizon as far as potential replacements sure i mean i mean there's a whole bunch of candidates but it's the same list that you're getting everywhere else uh this list of the young coaches. I mean, Tom Herman gets thrown out. Who's Ooh, interesting. Gary Patterson gets thrown out. Mm. Um, Tom Herman's an interesting one. You know who I heard? Uh, Bobby Petrino got threw out. Got thrown out. Ah, I would love to have Bobby Petrino back in the Power Five. I mean, as long as you keep him off a motorcycle, then yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, Boulder's not really a big, you know, play. it's not where you want to have a, a motorcycle in not Boulder. A huge, uh, motorcycle place. Uh, here, I got a list of the names that was on this article. Uh, uh, Alex Grinch, obviously USC defensive coordinator. Mm. I don't know how big I'd be on that. Brian Harson, because he's going to be fired soon. <laughs> Uh, Bronco Mendenhall got brought up. Dan Mullen, ESPN, got brought up. Oh, you know what? Uh, Actually, Dan Mullen would, I think, be a great fit for CU because he was he was really good at like Mississippi State, right? I don't think that he's meant to lead a top tier program like Florida um, because you know at, at a place like that, there's insane expectations and recruiting is so important. And, and that's always been kind of his weak point is that he maybe doesn't resonate as well with young kids and, and he couldn't recruit when he was at 40. He didn't right. do a very good job, but he's clearly a good offensive mind. I mean, he, he built uh, Mississippi state into a really good program during his time there. I think that's actually, that would be maybe a guy that, that I would put towards the top of my list. If I was, a yeah, CU of all fan. those people, I think Dan Mullen would be the top of the Interesting. list for those, for those names. But I would like also, I mean, Tom Herman and Gary Patterson, but I think honestly, right now for where Colorado is, I'm not sure. I mean, I mean, a, a lot of it. And let's let's get off CU here in, in in a sec. But a lot of it depends on how much they can pay. Right? Do they do they want to be in this situation where you don't know where you're going to be playing? What conference you're going to be playing in, in a few years? So yep. we'll see how that turns out. But uh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, last piece of news. Do I hear producer Smitty getting here? I, I mean, I heard, I think what it sounded like Layla, the uh, the Woos Media um, mascot. Yes. Uh, running around and being excited, maybe, which, maybe which I would can indicate find, that Smitty is here. Maybe yep, there's some, a bar. I heard a bork. Yes. I so, can find some intro music for him. For Smitty? Yeah, I think I got some, some ready. Some walk-in music? Yeah. Walk-up music? Walk-up. Um, Bryce Young, day-to-day. Uh, the, the Alabama quarterback, of course, got hurt in that game uh, last week against Arkansas. Uh, both quarterbacks got hurt. KJ Jefferson got hurt as well. Um, and Bryce Young is day-to-day. It sounds like he's probably going to play, um, but we'll, we'll see. At this point, that's the official announcement. Uh, big favorites against AM, but you know yep. if he can go, Saban's going to want him in there. Hey! 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 Oh, Look who's here! Oh, oh, oh. Here we got Producer some... Producer uh, Smitty in the house, in the captain's chair. Hi, Ryan. I, I said I was going to play you some uh, oh, walk-up yeah. music. We don't have headphones for him. Oh, what? No headphones. Well, he's got to plug them in. How is it not set up and ready to go? What kind of operation? Unbelievable. What? Um, and you know what? Hey, Will, is this good for his... Uh, for, <laughs> is that good for his walk-up? I mean, uh, is this a porno or is this a it podcast? It sounds like porn music. Yeah, uh, it sounds like... Uh, here, this one is a hip-hop. This is more Ryan. Very hip-hop. This just screams mad hip-hop beats. Yeah. All right, Ryan. There. There Bruce he is. Smitty in the house. He's here. Sorry, sorry, I'm late. That's okay. How, how does my C feel? How does it feel to be a village person? Well, I feel like the uh, CEO of Woos Media right now. Wow. <laughs> Incredible. It, uh, it's far, isn't it? Doesn't it feel, feel a little far away from everything over there? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like not being able to see your face. I know. It's weird. Those are set up in weird spots. But yeah, anyway, what's <laughs> happened? How you been? Back. How are the roads? Will almost got in a fight with someone on the road. That's uh, right. Yeah, they're I was not assaulted. great. Um, I've been in the car for like the last two and a half hours. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's it's fun though, you know. Uh, oh yeah, did you run in here? Or did you uh, park half mile away? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just out of shape. <laughs> a, no, it's just a flight of stairs. Just winded from coming <laughs> down the stairs. <laughs> uh, well, there yeah. you go. Um, where where were we? Uh, well, we were about to get to pump it or dump it. Yes. Uh, which which makes a return, a a triumphant return. Of course. Um, and then after that, we're gonna do Smitty's Halloween movie review. Now remi- Ooh, remind us, Smitty, what movie were you're reviewing? Uh, so I watched Hubie Halloween. Hubie, Hubie Halloween. Halloween. Yes. On Netflix. And, and I think Ryan's volume needs to go up here. Oh, that's my volume. 
<laughs> Dude, I should. I was telling Will this. I should not be trusted You're with not the. Used uh, to it back yep. there, are you? I should not be used to uh, uh, in charge of the controls, the buttons. The buttons. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm out You're of Kim Jong Un with the I buttons. Oh, oh God! Oh, is he? That's yeah, you're launching missiles over yeah. Japan. Oh, dude, he's, he's got the launch codes. He's got the codes. <laughs> Have you heard dude? about that recently? North Korea, they're launching all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah who knows? We got to send Dennis Rodman over on another diplomatic yeah. mission. <laughs> it's it's about time we we get him to calm if some shit down. Nothing says America like Dennis Rodman. Oh, yeah, of course. What he's does. our he's our uh, our diplomat for North Korea, and I <laughs> I think it's great. Um, pump it or dump it. Okay, we got some college football pump it or dump it's. Uh, we have, of course, just regular life pump it or dump it as well. Mm. And if you don't remember, if you're if you're a new listener this week, this was a new segment that was debuted a few weeks ago, I think. Yes. With the idea being, it, it all originated from I was reading about some meme stocks, right? You know, GameStop, um, altcoins, you know, cryptocurrencies where people can do, um, you know, they can essentially, you can pump the stock or you can dump the stock. It's if you're pumping it, you're buying it now. You're, you're trying to, to drive that stock up. If you're dumping it, you're getting rid of your position. So, okay. uh, pump it or dump it. First one being a college football one is Jimbo Fisher on the hot seat. Pump it mm. or dump it. <laughs> dump it. I'm dumping it. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's perfectly fine. A and M is going to be perfectly fine. I mean, not perfectly fine, but what's the expectations? Do they want to start competing for national titles? Do they want to start winning the SEC? I think A and M is going to be okay winning nine, ten games a year. I think that's right. What Jimbo is, he's going to improve his X's and O's. I've said before, the only where where he's deficient is on the field. I mean, they're running. I think the fir- the the most or uh, the fewest plays this year in uh, uh, college football, like per game. Mm. They're, they're, they're running no plays, and that's because they don't have faith in their offense. That's by design. They're eating clock up. And so either right. way, I think they'll improve that. I think he'll improve as a coach, keep getting his recruits, and I don't think he's going anywhere. Okay. It's too valuable for the recruiting. Smitty? Yeah, big dump it on that one. Um, big dump it. Um, honestly, uh, the biggest reason I say that is I saw the breakdown of Jimbo's buyout today. To fire him this year is $89 million. That's big time. I mean, I if any sure. school could actually afford it it's after this year, A&M, it would be but A&M. Going to. But and, that's a lot of money. And honestly, it's it's over 40 for about the next like four to five years, I believe that. Jeez. See, but they should always have an out. Like if you're A&M, the, the easy way to do it is to find potential improprieties, right? Like maybe see if he's broken any recruiting rules or whatever. Sure. And then that's what Nebraska tried to do to Scott Frost last year. They, right. they did their own investigation to find out, to get to the bottom of what Scott Frost was doing so we could fire him, and it didn't work out. But A&M could do that to maybe finagle out of paying the full 80 mil if they wanted to. Yeah, well, and, and money aside, I, I think that um, it's just too recent. I think they're going to give him some more time anyway, so. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. What's next? Uh, same question. This time, Brett Venables. Two straight losses for the Sooners. I mean, yeah, I honestly. <laughs> They're unranked. Yeah, I, is Brett Venables on the hot seat? Yeah, I'm pumping it. Let's pump it. Well, pump it. well, is he on the hot seat now is the question. Are you blowing or going? <laughs> is the question, will, is what he on the hot seat now about? or will he be on the hot seat? <laughs> if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you should go listen to that amazing sound, <laughs> sound bite of Brett Venables saying blowing and going. Um, yeah, I mean, if I agree with you, if it's will he be in the hot seat, it's for sure pump yeah. it. I don't know if he's there yet. He even said in his post game interview, he said we're not very, we're not good right now. And again, it's not that I don't think that he has the capability of getting of turning a program around. It's that we're still talking about kind of in the same vein of what my my concerns were preseason with Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame is 
you know, this person doesn't have head coaching experience. Right. And so how long is it going to take for, for that to, to work out? Is it going to be, you know, something that happens instantly? And clearly it's not for, for Brad Venables. Well, I'm pumping it. So yeah, maybe. I'm going to dump it. Um, I think, what are we, week six coming up, right? Yeah, this is week six. Yeah, I think, I think it's too early. I mean, I know Oklahoma has a rabid fan base. Um, you know, I see on social media that, that you know, they're kind of calling for his head right now, but it's too early. Okay. Um, the last football one I have here, Bryce Young will get Wally pipped. Wally pipped? Yeah. Um, pump it or dump it? No, dump it. He's too good. He's a millionaire now. I mean, yeah, he's a millionaire. He's on Dr. Pepper commercials, yeah. but that doesn't mean he can't get Wally Pippen. And look what happened to Jalen Hurts no. when when Tua came along. I I don't think so. He I think he's a uh, much better than the backup right now. Jalen Monroe is his name, or, or sorry, Milrow. Milrow. Um, Milrow. He Milhouse. was he was really good. And it's funny the the perfect comparison again being Jalen Hurts and Tua. However, it's like the reverse because Bryce Young is much more like Tua. He's like a really good passer. And when I saw Jalen Monroe come in, he reminded me of of Jalen Hurts. He was like a a really uh, deadly threat with his legs and, and still made some throws as well. Um, if he doesn't play this week, I know he's dated. It sounds like he's probably going to play. Or if he gets hurt again uh, or, or re-aggravates it or whatever, I think there's actually a solid chance that Jalen Monroe <laughs> can Wally Pipp him. Smitty? Uh, I'm probably going to lose a lot of fans with this, but who the hell's Wally Pipp? Oh God. What? <laughs> Wally? Oh, I don't know the actual um, like like when it happened or what the team was, but the term in sports is like I believe what happened is this: there was this legendary player Wally Pip, and he got injured, and then his backup ended up being like Joe Theismann or something, and so it became this term of like you're a good quarterback, and then you get hurt, and the guy behind you ends up being a okay. legend. So you got you just got Wally Pip. I kind of yeah. put that together, but. <laughs> Wally Pip. Oh, Wally Pip really threw me off there. Wally Pip. I got to <laughs> figure that out. Um, I th- I think. It was, uh, sorry, it was baseball, not football. Wally Pippin. Yeah, you idiot. I well, his name was just Wally Pip. I think it's. I think it's. Wa- it was basketball. I think it's. It's uh, Scotty Pippin's son, Wally Pippin. So <laughs> they called him Pip for short. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm getting this story. No, I can't be because I know the reference is right. But when I just Googled Wally Pip, one of the top questions that people also ask is what happened to Wally Pip? And the first thing that came up is that he died of a heart attack. And I know, <laughs> I know that's not the story. Um, so, oh, here it was. Okay. He had a headache and didn't play in a game. And a 22-year-old named Lou Gehrig stepped in, and that was all she wrote. Lou Gehrig took over his, his job, oh, right? Okay. Well, so, I'm, I'm going to dump it as well. I think uh, Saban's going to have more loyalty to uh, to Bryce Young. and Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, dump it. Fair enough. going to dump that. Uh, the next one comes in the form of it's still maybe a sport. I don't know. I'm sure Ty would argue against it. In fact, I would too. Um, cheating in fishing. Now, we talked about... <laughs> We talked about the potential cheating in the chess tournament. Which I didn't realize that was Magnus Carlsen who Magnus got Carl- cheated. Yes. He, yeah. he felt that he was cheated and the other guy had certain but things in actually, certain places. article came out uh, recently that says overwhelming evidence supports that this kid was cheating. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I, I'm less concerned about if he was cheating. I'm more concerned on if he did it with what anal the theory beats. was, which was magnetic anal beads the that only, told him somehow how to play The only reason why that was a theory is because he said he would play naked, and then Elon Musk was the one to tweet about the anal beads. <laughs> uh, so Elon Musk is the anal bead. Incredible. Root. He's a troll. <laughs> yes. He, know, he, he knows what's up. But there was this major story recently 
about cheating in the world of fishing. There was this big. I saw um, this. Yeah, I don't. It was a a fishing tournament in Ohio. It was a walleye walleye tournament. tournament. Yeah. So everyone gets to go out on the lake. Whoever gets the most, you know, the biggest fish or whatever wins. And apparently there was this this team, these, these two dudes that had won a lot of tournaments, and people were skeptical. Um, they ended up getting first place, and there were these other people in the tournament that said, hey, our fish are bigger than theirs. How come there's way more? And there were enough complaints in the past, I guess, that like whoever was running the tournament said, we're going to get to the bottom of this. They cut open the fish, and inside are big lead weights, like like fishing weights that you can buy. They're corking the bat. Yeah, they're corking the bat. <laughs> they're doing the opposite, but exactly. They're <laughs> stuffing. They're stuffing. Uh, you know, they're 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 putting lead in the boxing gloves. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, or mercury or whatever. And it was a heated do. atmosphere. People were yelling. Yeah. People were not. Those happy. guys were lucky to get out of there alive. I know. Pretty wild. Yeah. Pretty wild stuff. So, what am I pumping here or dumping? Well, I guess it would be if you had to pump um, fishing, cheating, or cheating in chess via anal beads no Which no one? i oh i have to pick one yeah are you pumping anal beads or are you dumping fish weights i'm, I'm dumping both <laughs> can i do this at an option it's just fascinating to me that actually it's <laughs> taken this long for a story like this to come because if it's that easy to just like hey after you catch the fish jam some heavy shit down its throat <laughs> like, like why ha- this has probably happened before why hasn't this been, been a story already so they tried uh, what I heard in a, an interview with uh, one of the reporters who covered this was mm. they've been doing this for a couple years now now was this was the reporter um, like someone from you know he was from an Ohio newspaper the New York Times perhaps uh, this seems like it would be a big story yeah, he, he worked for some Ohio newspaper mm-hmm. I'm not okay. sure exactly but um he said that they've been doing it for a couple of years now and, and they, everyone's been suspicious of it, mm. but they, they've do it, done it in different ways. So what they used to do was go out early and say they were scouting the water and they would catch a bunch of fish then and keep the biggest ones on like this place on the ship. Uh, to, or on the, on the boat ship. on the yeah <laughs> they're on the Titanic <laughs> on the boat uh, to try and keep them alive like till the was this on the starboard or the port side so they would go out <laughs> so they would go out on like a Tuesday and the competition would be like on a Saturday and so they'd catch fish try and keep them alive but the issue was by the end old, people said that the fish looked too like old they're like these fish oh. look like they're a little old a little dilapida- and, dilapidated yes perhaps? a little dilapidated <laughs> and they the, they were the only team not to donate their fish to the local market so it was really oh, shady, really sketchy. They don't sketchy. want someone biting into their uh, yeah. their halibut and oh, catching some lead. Exactly, in there. or finding out what's going on. So that was shady, and then Very yeah, shady. So, and apparently, like when they took the lead at this re- recent tournament where they got caught, everyone was just like dead silent, looking at each other, like, "Yeah, those fucking cheaters." So they knew it was up. It, it was uh, the fix is in. The fix is in. The, the fix. The fish is in. Well, those guys won like a <laughs> lot of money. Apparently, over the last year, they've they've made like three hundred grand in prizes and yeah, boats, and, 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 shit and they may like be going that. to jail right now. So wow, just say to, that it's a felony. Just say that you're fishing with a shotgun. It's, it's all buckshot. <laughs> it was a pretty big buckshot. Those are more like slugs. <laughs> um, the NBA is back. Pump it or dump it. Yeah, pump it. It's preseason only, but I know NHL's I'm, back on Friday. I'm personally excited because we're getting Jamal Murray back as Nuggets fans. Uh, he's been you know gone with injury, and uh, even though I'm still college football is always my number one. I love this time of year because we start to see all the sports come together. There's like a very short period of time where we have playoff baseball, the NFL, college like football, the NBA, the hockey, universe. and this is the first year we're gonna have the World Cup during the college football season as well. Oh, yeah. In November, it's gonna be incredible. A little World Cup. I know that the the day or the weekend that the U.S. plays England is the same weekend as Michigan Ohio State. I'm going to be on, on that weekend. 
Yeah, it's playing. Oh, exactly. Boy. And the next is. day is Michigan-Ohio State. So that's uh, going to be quite a weekend for Ra- sports. Ryan for would be watching, but he's going to be uh, trampling over people at Walmart. He's not day. a footy guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan's not a footy guy. Do you guys do Black Friday stuff? Online. No one even does that anymore in person. Like, I'm pretty sure stores try to avoid that because they don't want people getting stabbed over PlayStation. Well, and also COVID really killed it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's Cyber Monday is a thing too. So Black Friday, you it's go all on, I do online Black Friday shopping. Yeah, me In too. fact, uh, shout out to uh, Stone, one of our close friends of the show, friend of the show, Stone. Stone. He has a very smart... He like like buys the things that you wouldn't think... To, like everyone's like, oh, I'm buying a TV on Black Friday. I remember one year he went out and got like all new tires for his car on Black Friday and ah, saved a bunch of money. Like, that's smart. You got to go out. You got to think outside the box a little bit on those fr- Black Friday outside deals. Outside the box. One way walkie talkie. That's what? outside the box. <laughs> a baby monitor? That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's still two way. I'm talking one way no, walkie talkie. It's only one way. You can't talk to the baby with your baby. Maybe now you can, but a traditional baby monitor was hey, one microphone on one. Kind of looks like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, Halloween parties. It's now October. We're in the spooky season. Obviously, we're going to be uh, doing I'll pump smitties. It. I'll pump it. Are you a, a dress up kind no, of guy for no, Halloween? No. Not really. I didn't strike you as like a costume no, guy. Here's the thing, though. Is, so yeah, exactly. To I was going to say, Allie is in. She's in this. In the. She's into the season. She loves the season. She loves Halloween's her favorite too. So why hasn't she convinced you to dress up yet? She has. We are doing it this year. Okay. We're going to do a three-person costume with me, her, and then the dog. Um, interesting. I, we're, we're thinking we're leaning towards... They're going to be a moose. We're leaning... No, 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 not, not in the same <laughs> costume. <laughs> um, we're leaning towards like Toy Story. Robbie Woody. She's going to be uh, Bo Peep. And then my dog could be Buzz Lightyear. It's like a, why uh, wouldn't... Be Slinky. Yeah, Slinky is perfect. Well, slinky, but because... But you got to chop her in half there's and no get real like a good spring. Sl- <laughs> there's no real good Slinky dog costume. Real steampunk. That's true. Costumes. <laughs> <laughs> Smitty, do you have a costume idea? Are no. you going to be dressing up? Absolutely not. No. I actually love Halloween. I think it's one of my favorite like like um, holidays. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, I'll, I'll pump the Halloween party, but not if I'm forced to dress up. Ryan's like a well, Jim from the Office. He goes the, as a three hole punch. Okay, but that works because hey, that's still a costume. If, if you remember, I dressed up as a woman for two Halloweens <laughs> with you. <laughs> it's a long time ago. But yes, he did. He yeah. was... Uh, I was a trooper. For another was, episode, yes. perhaps. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, so you just want to go to the party but not dress up. That's Correct. actually... See, I'd rather you just say, I don't like Halloween, I'm not showing up to the party, well, or go as three-hole punch gym, like something stupid. Yeah. Sure. Well, and I'd say for the last couple years, it's just been watch as many scary movies as I can and, you know hand out candy to trick-or-treaters okay well perfect segue we have smitty's halloween movie review yeah um, yes we do hubie halloween now this was a suggestion from tyler i've never even heard of this movie can you give us a basic just overview first of like the plot or what's is this like an animated movie what is this no so it's it's uh it's you know just a basic kind of run-of-the-mill adam sandler movie we, oh we could do a, oh it's an adam sandler movie oh yeah we talked yeah, yeah, about yeah. this yeah last year i brought this up as uh, one of my favorites I, I said it should be a go-to and i think you two laughed at me really yeah, no, I, I rest in peace I, I was given walgy so much shit for it this movie. sounds like when you said hubie halloween what i thought was yeah. the room like it's a like, one minute like trailer. a bad movie halloween danger is afoot <laughs> I'm going to make sure every citizen in this town is protected. What is that, monitor? Looks like you made that sash from one of your mother's scarves. (laughs) (laughs) There's something off in this town. We got an untold mystery here. I say Marco, you say Photo. Marco! Weirdo! 
QB. Don't go out there. Shalem needs me. Not sure what's happening in this creepy town. The police department is advising everyone to stay home and lock their doors. Ah, what are we screaming at? <sighs> you know what I think done it? A werewolf. Think you've been watching too many scary movies, Louise. All right, so there it is. He it basically him. sounds like if the water boy and little Nicky had a baby. <laughs> yeah. like that's so, his voice. So I'll, I'll get to that. Okay, so basically, okay, yeah. Adam, right San- in. Adam Sandler is this loser from even in high school, still living in his hometown of Salem, Massachusetts. Salem, where the witch trials took of place. Of course. Um, and basically, uh, a weird guy moves into this house, and the weird guy is Steve Buscemi. And Love it. So like... He's just not acting right. And, and it, it basically just turns into this, you know, basic Halloween movie where uh, Adam Sandler turns into the hero. You know, he, he saves the town from from the the spooky activity that's going on. Okay. Um, His name is Hubie, I take it? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, Hubert. <laughs> Hubert. Hubie for short. Good guess, Will. Um, so, really loved it. Like I said, I gave Walgy so much grief. And after I watched it last night, I texted him and said i formally apologize wow for giving you so much grief about this movie because it's great i loved it um and let me just go over some of the cast here really killed it um tim meadows oh nice shack ray liotta <laughs> obviously adam sandler steve buscemi rob snyder kevin james ben stiller keenan thompson dan patrick wow and i'm sure i missed some sports yeah. movie dan it, patrick it, it was a really good uh it's good well really good but it's good yeah so um and i also love the throwback to uh Ben Stiller actually plays his character from Happy Gilmore. Instead of being the uh, nursing home assistant, he works in a psychiatric ward. But it's the same guy. It's, it's the, the same, same guy. guy. Oh, that's same. great. It is the same, same outfit, guy. of course. And then um, what I also love, too, is they brought back, um, uh, also from Happy Gilmore, the love interest, uh, Violet. can't remember her last name. Violet is... Um, Valentine. Violet Valentine. Is I the pull up on Google. is the uh, manager is Happy's manager from Happy Gilmore? Interesting. So they brought a few characters back. Loved it. Um, I really wish Kathy Bates played uh, his mom, but it was not Kathy Bates. Oh, from the Water I, Boy. Yeah. So when you fir- when she, or her first scene, she comes and you hear her talking. It's the devil. And you're like, oh my god, it's going to be Kathy Bates. And then they finally show her, and you're like, ah, damn it. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I loved it. I thought it was really fun. As far as like, like I said on Sunday, I'm doing 31 for 31, 31 Halloween movies in 31 days. Um, you're already five in. Yeah. So Incredible. finished finished minus one finished the rob zombie movies if any of you have ever seen those those are very dark they're gory um so this was a nice change of pace yeah it was, it was fun um, you need that during a halloween movie yeah for sure month. you need a break yeah and you, you know that you need the you need the uh the kind of cheesy ones hocus like the pocus. like the hope yeah. hocus yeah. pocus the killer but, but, killer clowns you gotta space mm. you gotta space those out so you give it enough right. time between right so i hit the rob zombie movies hard this was a nice change of pace um out of 10 jack-o'-lanterns i give it a nine nine yeah, but what about a hundred what about a hundred 90 jack-o'-lanterns <laughs> 90 even <laughs> now okay. for the math guy the, the, the conversion rate check well, the math well guy. but if it's like a 9.2 i don't know if he rounded to the whole, no, no, the yeah. whole number we're, right. we're, we're going and the only reason i didn't give it a full 10 
And this is the only problem I have with Adam Sandler movies. The voices that he makes sometimes make him almost unwatchable. Even as good as the Waterboy was, I his voice still drives me crazy. One of my least favorite Adam Sandler movies <laughs> is Lil Nicky. Yeah. Hate Well, the voice. Li- Lil Nicky. He's not a rapper. It's not Lil Nicky. It's, <laughs> it's not? It's, it's Lil Nicky. I thought it was Lil Nicky. Yeah. Okay. Lil Nicky. Um, and then what's the other one? Uh, this one he does a dumb voice hey, in. So. <laughs> Pretty that's, good. That's basically <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but for in every movie for, for spooky season, definitely recommend it. <laughs> okay, love it. Um, uh, before we break down week six games, Tyler, uh, let's give a shout out to BetUS, sponsor of the show. To BetUS, uh, BetUS is so much fun. You can make all the bets we talk about on here, and uh, it, look, it, it's it's important to shop around. We always talk about that. That's nothing new. Uh, but there's basketball coming up, hockey coming up. It's just another good outlet to make some of those bets. When you sign up and put in promo code TAILGATE, it really helps us out. That's one of the few ways you can help the show besides following, liking, you know, things like that. But uh, BetUS is one of our partners. Sign up, use promo code TAILGATE. And I'll give a pick right now that uh, you can only make it BetUS because last week when I did that, it was... Uh, it was the Oscars, right? Uh, you, it, yeah, you gave out the Oscars. It pick. was yes, yes. I gave out uh, uh, Steven Spielberg plus one fifty. Yep. Yes, and uh, television futures we're going to go today. So, did you guys watch Squid Game? I never finished it. I watched like the first half, and I'm I really, saw, I'm really bad about not finishing certain shows. Even wow. it, I liked it, but a lot of times, like even with shows I like, you know, I get in there and I don't finish them. Well, is it because? Is it because of the commitment to the show and you don't want it to end and you're afraid I'm of scared something that Squid ending. Game's going to leave me? No, it, look, it was good. It wasn't great. If I really love a show, then I'll, I'll see it through. But there's lots of shows that even I like that are good that I that I never finished. Okay. Um, do you... Well, <clears throat> so I'll give an easy one then so I don't ruin anything for you. Will oh, Red, I'm not... Will, you can ruin it. It's okay. Will it's Red Squid Light, Game. Green Light be played in the new season? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yes is minus 200. That was the first episode, right? No is plus 150, yes. Red light, green light. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give the no there. I think they're going to do new games. I That's think the, the pick. I think the new Squid Game that they introduce next season is going to be completely different. I think it's going to be completely new games. All different games. Yeah, and I think that the red light, green light would just like play in. I think what if it's just creative. like featured as like a quick, you know, like a like a, a throwback or like a, hey... What what if they do it through a different perspective? The well, perspective of well, then I might lose. Oh, ooh, ooh, you know, mm, of the baby ah, that's shooting people or whatever it is at at the red light, green light. Well, Isn't it a baby? It's like a child. It is. Yes. Yeah. Well, then, well, I might lose the bet. Well, but, but I'm giving you a plus one fifty. Okay, plus yeah. one fifty for so no. You can make all these fun bets. You can bet in in the summer on the hot dog contest. You can bet right now on the Academy Awards, that kind of stuff. There's a casino on BetUS. It's so much fun. So sign up today. Use promo code Tailgate. I recommend actually when you sign up, put in twenty bucks. Don't use the initial sign-up bonus, and then they're going to send you a bunch of emails you can get back in later. But that's, I mean, I know everyone wants a sign-up bonus, but if you're going to put money in a sports book anyway, you know, just put 20 bucks in BetUS instead of the the one you normally use now and uh, get involved there and then get some great deals when they start uh, contacting you afterwards. So uh, BetUS, promo code TAILGATE, sign up today. Start to have more fun betting. I will also give out a uh, a a bet us bet okay. for our listeners okay go to the roulette table <laughs> bet on red i like that um, <laughs> that's what i've got uh week six games we're breaking down the week six games uh we have some good ones i'm really excited about it tyler's got some good stuff on a lot of these games uh, we're gonna lead off with houston at memphis this is one that tyler i believe has a best bet on is that right 
No, not a best bet. I just have a breakdown on this game. Um, I've got a lean. Uh, Houston plus three at Memphis right now. Yeah, yeah. Memphis is the home favorite. Uh, and I am leaning Houston minus three in this game. But I actually want to start off before I get to this handicap about I want to give a definition for some of these stats that I'm going to give out today. Because I, I do this on my handicaps. I just throw these stats out there. And I feel like a lot of people are like, what does it mean? Like, what does efficiency what mean? Does like, like mean? What am I supposed Basil? to do with this with these numbers? Like, what does it mean when he says like power success rate? I just kind of go through those sometimes. So oh, I'm I'm definitely in the weeds when you bring this stuff. Yeah, up. Yeah, sure. yeah. I figure it, you know, and, and I've, I think a lot of the audience might be too. And so just to I know it it may be a lot, but just to kind of give a definition for what these mean and what I'll be talking about a lot today because I use a lot of numbers, obviously, and that's how I do things. So when I say line yards, uh, standard down line yards and passing down line yards. Line yards means it's a rushing statistic. It means how many yards are you gaining on first and... So, uh, standard or line yards means how many yards are you gaining. And it's unadjusted. So, it's a very simple stat. Okay? So, line yards, pretty much how many yards are you gaining based on the, the uh, qualifier. So, standard down line yards means how do you run the ball on first and 10, second and seven, mm-hmm. third and three. Okay? So, standard down line yards, unadjusted yards per rush on those downs, right? So, when I say a team is first in the country at standard down line yards, that means they're gaining the most yards unadjusted for opponent, first and 10, second and seven, third and three. Uh, passing down line yards, obviously, you guys can guess what that means, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, obvious during, passing downs, During right? pass downs, how do they run the football? So, when I say passing gotcha. down line yards, it's how are they running the ball in passing situations. Power success rate, and look... We have this show timestamped. You can go to the, the the picks right now if you want, but I think this is very important for people out there who actually want to follow the picks. Power success rate means how often does a team rush for a first down on third and two or third and one or fourth and two and fourth and one. That's power success rate. Opportunity rate, this one's important. The percent of carries that gain four yards when there's obviously four yards available, not on like the two-yard line. And this is a great indicator to know how well the offensive line's performing. So when you hear opportunity rate, that's really how is this line doing as a whole and how are the running backs performing behind them? Uh, Stuff rate is the percent of carries running backs get tackled at or behind the line of scrimmage. So if I'm talking about a defense stuff rate, how often are they making contact behind the line of scrimmage? And offense stuff rate, it's how often are they stopping that from happening? Uh, FEI. I always talk about FEI, right? And by the way, this is second to last one. Uh, FEI is called the FERMO Efficiency Index. FERMO. Yeah, this is one of the most important stats, I think. It's opponent-adjusted per possession scoring. So when I say this team's FEI, that's how are you expected to score per possession against the average team, and it's regulated for who you've played. Right. So when we talk about, okay, you know, this team's had a great schedule, horrible schedule, FEI adjusts for all that stuff. And then finally, efficiency. This is a statistic I have in my stuff, and it is a, uh, it's a success percentage with weighted adjustments. So for instance, like for quarterback, uh, I, uh, I take you know a, a basic stat like completion percentage, and then you have to adjust for drops, batted balls, tips, you know tips and catches, things yep. like that that are or not their fault. For a running back, it would be how often is the rush successful, adjusted for offensive line performance, defensive line performance, game state, etc. So it just goes way in depth. Efficiency does for adjusting for what's going on around the player, but it's developed on normal stats that we hear all the time. Gotcha. So those are the, the the definitions of the things I'm going to be using. So when I say those, hopefully a little bit more clear about what they are. Um, Houston-Memphis. So let's start there. Friday night game. Only Friday night game on the schedule. Uh, Memphis has looked really good this year. Uh, until you dive into the stats, they're 4-1, and one, but all four wins have come against teams that I have in my ratings, like 97th or worst. So, I mean, just one of the easiest schedules in the country. But they've capitalized. They're 4-1, and one, but I think that's a little misleading. Mm-hmm. 
And for Houston, I think they're being undervalued because their preseason expectation were, you know, they're, they're going to compete for the conference. But um, I agree. They haven't lived up to expectations. As a matter of fact, I've downgraded Houston almost an entire touchdown in my ratings since the start of the season. And they started the year 36th in my ratings. They're currently 59th. Do you remember when, when I was saying that's one of the teams I disagreed on earlier mm-hmm. in the year? I was like, I'm, I'm low on Houston. Everyone's high on them. They're in all these top 25s. Well, right now I have them 59th. So I understand the disappointment, and I actually agree. I just think this is a bit of an overreaction. Uh, Memphis is currently 14 spots behind Houston. I have them 73rd, and I got them about a point and a half worse. And so with home field, this game being a roughly 3.6, I do have Memphis a two-point favorite. Okay, so just just the numbers, I do lean Houston. But that's the most I can get to. Because if we assume the biggest adjustment for each team, I think minus 2.5 is about the ceiling that I can get to here. So we've talked about Memphis' schedule one of the easiest in the country. And, I mean, let's talk their their lines. Their offensive line, 72nd in, in uh, line yards, 120th in power success rate, and 109th in sack rate. So think about that. Memphis, the schedule we just talked about, these you know considered to be very, very bad teams, if anything. Again, four opponents, uh, 97th or worse in my ratings, and they're 109th in sack rate. That that's that's an unadjusted stat. So that that's not a good look for Memphis, who they're facing the Houston defense that will be able to challenge the quarterback. I mean, Houston is literally, I mean, they're they're decent at power success rate, but I think they're going to be able to match up well with Memphis and put a little more pressure on them. And this comes down to what's going on in Houston's locker room. That's why I don't love this. Is I they're kind of reeling right now. Right. The play calling, Dana Holgerson. The players are fighting on the sidelines. So yeah. the stats say Houston, but you know, I, I just don't see where this is like a solid concrete play for me. So I lean Houston plus three and uh, you know, before last week they're allowing just under 450 yards a game that did change against Tulane. They stopped the rush a little bit better, but you know, I just don't think that they're doing enough defensively in terms of uh, Memphis. So I'll take Houston plus three. Well, I'll lean Houston plus three. I don't want to make that an actual bet. I don't, I don't love it either way, but if I was going to pick, I'd go the same way because you said it like the public is down on Houston right now. They were a preseason top 25. They've got three losses, but look, those three losses, maybe at the beginning of the season, you would have said those are bad losses. Looking back at it now, they've they lost a three point game at Texas Tech. They lost to Kansas, who we now know uh, is a pretty good team, uh, and they lost to Tulane, who actually has a win against um, Kansas State. So yeah. like Tulane's not a bad team either. And so uh, I don't love this, you know, this game either way. It, it's one of the rare times I'm not going to give out a, an official pick, but I would lean. Uh, I would lean with Houston as well. Cool. Uh, we move on to. Let's see what do we got here next. We've got uh, Tennessee at LSU. Love this matchup. Huge SEC matchup. Uh, currently, the Vols are two and a half point road favorites going into Tiger Stadium. Now LSU actually has a five game win streak in this matchup, but no game since 2017. Again. You know, the SEC can have teams that are in the same conference but in different divisions, so they don't play for years and years and years because they only play that eight-game conference schedule. The spread is uh, it's moved to three. Three? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, if you can get it, two and a half, even better. But uh, three, LSU started out 0-1. Everyone was, was shitting on the Brian Kelly hire. Guess what? He's got four straight since then. Um, are they great wins? Uh, not a lot of them, no. I don't think the offense is very good, but you look at their defense – they're giving up 14 points uh, per game this year. That's good for 16th in the nation. Um, I think that LSU's defense is pretty underrated, and I think that Brian Kelly's doing a great job there. However, 
I don't think that any of the teams they've played so far uh, are to the same caliber of offense as Tennessee. I know that Mississippi State can score, but they're because they're an air raid team, they're a team that doesn't score on everyone. They, they run into games like that every year, whereas I, I see this Tennessee offense as a team that is super well-rounded on offense, especially at Hennon Hooker's uh, fantastic. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and they have a really good uh, run game, Tennessee does. And so I think they're balanced enough on offense to score points at LSU. Taking LSU, you know, or, or betting against LSU when they're at home is always something that, that is not usually an advisable thing. LSU is really good at home, but if I can get if I can get Tennessee as a three-point favorite here, whereas, you know, I think um, earlier in the season, a couple couple weeks ago, this line would have been a lot uh, higher. Um, I like the, the Vols here, minus three, Tyler. So, I I just think Tennessee seems super square here. I think that... I don't every, doubt it. I think everyone is going to look at this game and say, three seems small. Right. Three doesn't seem like a big number. Tennessee is a top 10 team. And a lot of that is based on preseason expectation. Remember preseason, it's like Tennessee's supposed to be one of these elite teams in the SEC. LSU, total rebuilding year for, for Brian Kelly. And I think that hasn't left. I think that's still driving a lot of people's opinions about this team. And so I think the average person is going to see this and just love Tennessee. But remember, that means they're six points better. So they would be minus nine at home. Right. And that that's, I mean, think about it that way. Because the public bets way too many favorites on the road in general. That's one thing the public likes to do that is a is a no-no. But I just don't trust LSU. That's why this is not going to be a bad board game for me. I mean, look at last week. Against Auburn, who I consider to be, you know, the third worst team in the SEC, they looked they looked bad. And I, I just don't think that they're going to be able to turn it on so suddenly, but I would lean LSU. Now, here's the thing. Tennessee's missing their receiver, Cedric Tillman, who is projected to be a first-round pick, but this is a bad spot for Tennessee. This is coming off one of the biggest games in the last several years for him against Florida. They got Bama next week, tough spot for him, sandwich spot, and LSU is not... I mean, you usually don't... How often do you say LSU is a sandwich game, right? right? But they're not great this year, so I just wonder how much Tennessee is going to be up for this game. Possibly they will because it's LSU, but there's a chance that they're going to be looking ahead. Uh, I, again, though, I do have question marks about LSU. They're one of the worst first-half teams in college football, one of the best second-half teams. So Brian, Brian Kelly's been making adjustments at halftime, really coming out and winning the second half, not even close, but they're giving up a lot in the first half. So Tennessee does get off to that start. They may find a lot of success, and it may be insurmountable for LSU to come back. Uh, when you look at uh, opponent-adjusted uh, drive efficiency offensively, Tennessee's 5th, LSU's 16th. Defensively, LSU's 12th. Tennessee's 50th. So maybe in general, Tennessee may have a defense where you go, hey, they may have some holes. LSU may be able to find some yards, but it's not good matchups here. Where LSU is strong, Tennessee actually tends to be a little bit weaker. Uh, uh, excuse me, where Tennessee's strong, LSU tends to be a little bit weaker when you dive in. So even though Tennessee's 50th in that stat, it's not necessarily the story you might think. In terms of FEI, LSU's 9th, which is impressive. Yep. Tennessee's 12th. So right there. But Jaden Daniels has just been bad this year. And I think Tennessee should force him into too many, uh, probably too many mistakes. So I think that could be a downfall for Tennessee is if he throws you know, too many interceptions and gets into some bad, uh, bad situations. But uh, Tennessee's defensive line's 113th at sack rate. So I wonder, are they going to be able to get back, get to Jaden Daniels, get to him, um, not, let it, not let him get outside and, and run the football. So you know, I could see this game going... A lot of different ways. I think mean, Tennessee is obviously a good team, but I do wonder about the spot. 
Uh, LSU, tough place to play, but it, what is it? It's at like uh, 11 o'clock. Yeah, it's an early time. kick. It's not a night game, but even still, I mean, Tiger Stadium is a tough place to play on the road. For sure. But that um, that takes away a little bit. It for ju- sure. It, it, it's it, a different, it does. different scene, different environment. So I, I would lean LSU plus the three, but I can't make it a bet board game. Yeah, I mean, I just look at tennis. You mentioned like kind of strength on strength, strength on, on weakness. You look at the, the two, you know, games, and obviously Tennessee is undefeated, but uh, Pitt gave him a scare. Florida gave him a scare as well for a little bit. And in both those games, you know, they were a little more susceptible, I think, through th- in the passing game than on the on the uh, on the ground. In fact, Tennessee's only giving up they're giving up less than 100 y- uh, rushing yards per game. Now, again, they've really only played two two legit teams in their schedule, and both those teams were able to score some points. But I think that LSU wants to run the ball, and if if Tennessee is going to focus on taking the the the, the the run game away and force uh, Jalen Daniels to to you know throw or Jaden Daniels I can never remember is it Jalen or Jaden uh, Jaden Jaden if they can force Jaden Daniels to have to be a passer to beat them I don't think they have a good shot so we'll see I like Tennessee minus three here all right there we go uh, we move on to the game day matchup game day traveling to beautiful Lawrence Kansas uh, TCU coming in as a seven point road favorite. Over the uh, the the hometown favorite, the country favorite, everyone's jumping on the Kansas train right now. And TCU is a seven point favorite. Now, I would normally say like Kansas is the favorite, but we just saw TCU just beat the brakes off of Oklahoma last week, right? And their offense looked great. And so TCU might be a bit of a betting favor here as well. I still think that for the most part, the hype of Kansas is too much of a big deal. But with this being a game day environment, having Kansas at home, seven points is a pretty big uh, uh, number here for a road favor, and especially when you consider that continually Kansas is exceeding the spread. I think right now, not only are they at 5-0, and they're probably 5-0 and against the spread as well. Uh, they were underdogs against Iowa State. They, they, they handled that. And so now you look at TCU coming in where you're getting seven points as a home favorite. It's kind of enticing. But, Tyler, tell me where you're kind of uh, breaking this down. Well, what was the spread last week against Iowa State? Do you remember that Iowa one? Iowa State was two and a half for three and a half point favorites. Okay. Yeah. So they, I mean, they're doing exceptionally well against the spread. But uh, did you give a pick? Or are you going to hear where I'm at for this game first? I want to hear where you're at first. Yes. Um, so... I think Kansas may be running out of gas and running out of ga- and running out of ideas. Uh, yes, Kansas held Iowa State to a very, very low rushing total last week, but Iowa State's 114th in average line yards and 98th in standard down line yards. This is not the the classic Matt Campbell run first, open up the pass team. Iowa State's not a good team when you dive into the analytics. TCU in those categories ranks 56th and 26th, so we're talking about a whole different animal against uh, T- uh, TCU. I think the Horned Frogs should be able to at least contain KU's rush, which I think that's the key to the game here because Kansas, again, they're running out of ideas. They scored the less and less points every single week. And even though they're exceeding expectations, they're going to have to score to keep up with TCU. So I think Kansas's game plan is going to be run the football, mill clock, don't let TCU get that margin. I'm just not sure if they're going to be able to do that. But I think TCU should be able to contain that rush when Kansas leans on it. And again, you guys know how much I like FEI. TCU is 18th. Kansas is 62nd. Um, I lean under also because the pace in this game. Did you guys know TCU is 96th in pace of play and Kansas is 122nd? You may not think because we think offense with TCU. We think offense with Kansas. Not true at all. They want to run few plays. They want to. They've just been successful. Kansas or uh, TCU, I think, had four touchdowns of over sixty yards last week. Yep. So that's why that sort of stuff happens. I mean, 
they don't run a lot of plays, but they've been successful. So I lean under because I think that Kansas is going to want to run the football. TCU already goes slow. I think that's a little inflated. But here's the reason why it's only a lean is if TCU does get off to a big lead, that's going to force Kansas to open it up, which could either lead to more scoring or more turnovers, which will lead to more scoring. So it's it's kind of tricky. If it gets going in one direction, the wheels could come off quickly. That's why it's a lean for the under. But uh, I think TCU's got, got too much going in their direction. Kansas's offense getting a little bit uh, worn out, and they're running out of ideas, like I said. And if TCU is successful slowing Kansas down like I think they can, it's, you know, turning this into sort of some sort of a struggle. You know, Kansas is going to be forced to come up more plays. It's going to not be a situation for them to win. So I, I actually lean with the minus seven here. Now, the reason why I don't like the minus seven is because it went from minus five to six to six and a half. Now right. we're recording. It's on the seven. And I hate that number when I could have gotten it five and six all week long. So I don't like taking the worst number, but I'm going to go with the road favorite here. TCU minus seven. I'm going with the home team that's got oh, game day there for the first time team in like a billion years. Never, um, never been there. Kansas continues to exceed expectations. I'm not sure if they're going to win this one, but I think that the the energy in Lawrence will be enough to maybe keep them close. I really like Jalen Daniels. That's who I keep confusing him with by it is Jalen for Kansas. Uh, he's been incredible this year. He's already almost at 1,000 yards passing, a uh, bunch of touchdowns, no, you know, no interceptions. He's been incredible. And so uh, I'm going to go Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Uh, I really hope they don't let me down, but I, I'm I'm rolling with Kansas plus seven here. I know Smitty's got to be leaning Kansas here again, just because we want to root for the so, Jayhawks. Yeah, let's right? go Jayhawks. They're our uh, Coastal Carolina of this year. That's right. They are <laughs> Coastal Carolina. So, Will, let's go ahead and make this a bet board game. Bet uh, board at seven. Tyler, I love yeah, you bet board being, at seven. being flexible on the points here this year. I mean, yeah. you're really not. That's what the line is, but it's not where you want it. No, exactly. I mean, I just have a hard time placing bets like this where I could have gotten it at a better number. It sure. usually goes yeah. against uh, what so I think. So if that but, line comes down, you'd be kind of all over that if that drops down to like six yeah, and a half. Yeah, six and a half, okay. six. If this comes down, I, I would certainly like that. And, okay. Um, yeah, I'm, we'll make it a bet board game. Love it. Okay, uh, we move back to the SEC, Arkansas at Mississippi State. We mentioned it a little bit earlier on the show, but KJ Jefferson out, not playing this game, and that's why you see this line what it is. Mississippi State, a nine and a half point home favorite. I believe it opened up closer to like six, and it has just continued to climb since the news of KJ Jefferson. Um, Tyler, you know, how are you breaking down this game, especially since we really haven't seen a lot of backup? We, you know, we've seen KJ Jefferson get basically all the snaps for the last two years at Arkansas, so we don't really know what we're getting. Well, as of this morning, he's still questionable. Okay, so, I mean, so there's a chance he the, plays. Yeah, and that's I mean, but this is so you can tell a lot of the times what's happening in the market. You know, if there's an injury, you don't know if someone's going to play, and the market has it completely processed the other way. You know that someone has information that they're betting on. So based on the number moving from five and a half to eight, then to nine and a half, uh, it's clear to me that. A lot of people betting don't think KJ Jefferson is going to play, or they're trying to dummy that number up to 10 and then pound the shit out of it back down. Because I think 10 could be interesting if KJ Jefferson, uh, Jefferson does play. They're trying to pump and dump it. They're trying to pump and dump for sure. <laughs> Me personally, I have Mississippi State one point better. Uh, but with everything given, I do have them about minus five because I think it's an upgrade for uh, Mississippi State. Just the matchup. Arkansas has given up 6.4 yards per play. And that's not just like the Alabama game tainting everything. They were giving up some yards before that, too. That's 114th in the country. So I uh, don't have a pick this game because we don't have enough info about KJ Jefferson. But if it comes back down to to 5.5, I would actually lean Mississippi State. I think they can air this thing out and take advantage of uh, Arkansas's uh, perceived porous defense. 
I am taking Arkansas at nine and a half, and I'll tell you why. First of all, like you said, you know, if KJ Jefferson plays great, I think you're right. I think the line probably indicates that he doesn't. And and I mentioned we don't obviously we haven't seen a lot of the backup. His name is Malik Hornsby. We haven't seen him play much, but at the very least, you know, we know a little bit about what he was coming out of high school. He's a redshirt sophomore. He was a four-star recruit. He's a dual-threat quarterback. Um, he had a lot of of you know. Uh, offers from from big name schools right alabama auburn florida state oregon tennessee texas a&m right um now a lot of guys can say that they can say they held offers or whatever that, that doesn't necessarily mean that they would be like the quarterback there now but what we know about arkansas is they're not a team that relies heavily on i mean yeah they, they rely on cater jefferson's uh playmaking ability but they're not a team that like needs a quarterback to drop back and throw it 35, 40 times a game. I still think they want to commit to the run. And if you have a dual quarterback, a dual threat quarterback behind him, then you can do a lot of the same things that you do with KJ Jefferson. And for that reason, you know, I, and with the upside potentially of KJ Jefferson playing, I'm going to take the hogs plus nine and a half here at Mississippi state. All right. Um, we go to the red, uh, red river shootout, the red river rivalry, uh, Texas versus Oklahoma this is a neutral game site game is played at the cotton bowl in dallas as it is every year yes right now texas a seven point favorite in this game it's come all the way up from four and a half by the way first time that these two teams have have played where they're both unranked in like 20 years or something like that uh it's it's been a while um i can't believe that it's it's crazy to think that texas is seven point favorite here and i'm leaning texas tyler uh where are you coming out on this (laughs) it's the same for me when i when I first pulled this game up and I saw OU plus seven, I'm like, it's got to be OU, right? Like, this is the clear play. But I'm not so sure about Oklahoma right now. And uh, it has to do with Dylan Gabriel. Question mark for this game with a concussion. Um, so that's that's a big deal. But Texas might finally be able to beat up on OU, who's won six straight. And I've always said this. when That's why the Tennessee-LSU game was still lean for me because... LSU has been a big, bad wolf in the SEC for a while now. Tennessee has a chance to finally be the better team. Maybe they will show up. Like Maybe that'll be more uh, motivation. Oklahoma been the big, bad, you know, like last year. Texas finally thought they had him at halftime, beating him, and OU still came back to win. Right. So this could and, – and Brett Venables, as much as he used to be an OU guy, as much as he gets what rivalries mean, it takes a while – or at least a year or two to warm up to a rivalry, to understand the, what, it, what, it, what it really means, you know, to, to, to ha- develop that hate and that passion yourself. I think Steve Sarkeesian is already there. I don't know if Venables is. So I think Texas may have that motivation to really finally beat up on OU if they've got the chance. And you better believe that Sark is going to want to run that thing up if he can. Um, now, we may have been overreacting early in the year to OU's defense. We said, oh, is this defense different? Is this defense different? Right. I'm not so sure. They allowed 668 to TCU, gave up 140 yards and one touchdown to one running back. So Alex Grinch struggled a little bit at OU. Brad Venables is struggling a little bit at OU. I think give it time. Once I get in the SEC, maybe they'll be more defensive-minded and this program will change. But right now they're average. They're 57th in defensive FEI. So Texas, Quinn Ewers is coming back. And I do wonder about Texas's offensive line. They are 105th in power success rate, 94th in standard down line yards, and OU's 38th in sack rate. So uh, OU's getting to sack about 7.5% of snaps. So that is one area maybe where OU could find a leak in this game and cause Texas some trouble. OU's defensive line against Texas's offensive line. But I trust Sarkeesian to understand what we see here, drop a game plan to avoid that, give us give his offensive line as much leeway as possible this game. So, I mean, Texas 7 
as weird as it is, that's that's my side here. Yeah, and it's it, obviously like you mentioned with some of the other bet bets. It's not a great time to get it. You'd much rather have it at four and a half, five, five and a half, whatever. It's now at seven. But you mentioned it. Quinn Ewers is most likely going to be back. It sounds like he's going to be back. Um, and there's a revenge factor. You said six straight. It's actually six out of the last seven, but four straight wins for Oklahoma. Okay, that's it. Yeah. Um, but even still, I mean, Oklahoma has been dominating this rivalry as of late. And there's a revenge factor because last year, if you remember, Texas, I believe, was up 21 points at one yeah. point in that game last year. And OU comes all the way back. Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley just storm back, and they win the game. It was an incredible game, right? It went down to the wire. Lincoln Riley and, and and Caleb Williams are not there anymore. Uh, I like Dylan Gabriel, and and this Oklahoma offense has potential, and they're going to have games where they look good. But it's not it's not a Lincoln Riley offense. Um, it's not that if they get down early, I don't believe they're built to just come back like like you know a Lincoln Riley offense team is. Um, and so for that reason, you know I'm on Texas minus seven as well. Um, we move on to another massive rivalry. Purdue at Maryland. Um, I don't have a lot on this one, Tyler, but but you wanted to, to showcase this. Is this the best bet of yours? Um, this is – oh, you know what? This is the best bet at uh, Purdue plus three. Yes. Yeah, uh, Purdue, is, exactly. Maryland three-point three right? home favorite. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. My power ratings, I have Purdue 12 points better than average, ranked 21st. I've got Maryland 11.5 points better than average, ranked 23rd. So I do have Maryland just a little bit behind Purdue here. Um, my line, I've got slight value here, but this is also, this is also an X's and O's play. Uh, and, and look, I'm going to start with Maryland because their offense has been very impressive this year. I mean, you talk about one team that succeeded expectations in the, in the Big Ten. We knew they were going to have a decent uh, uh, game plan coming in. They were going to put uh, Tonga Viola in good situations, and he's really stepped up in uh, passing down situations. But I just look at this Purdue team, and, I mean, we mentioned it earlier with, with Houston, how they've had some close games. I mean, Purdue, they could be 5-0, and and I'll get to that in just a second, the crazy start that Purdue's had. But Purdue last week against Minnesota, Minnesota had 21 design rushes, and they rushed for 46 yards on those attempts. Wow. I mean, I thought Minnesota had a horrible game plan. I didn't understand throwing the ball 33 times, calling 21 running plays. That's just not the type of game that Tanner Morgan is meant to play and win. So I don't necessarily blame them because Purdue's got a great defensive line, 18th in standard down line yards, 12th in power success rate. I mean, and they've had a very, very good schedule. So I really had to consider this week, how much do we upgrade this Purdue team? I mean, they opened up with a four-point loss to Penn State and then lost that crazy game to Syracuse. So let's talk about their record. I said they could be 5-0, and right? Not only could they be 5-0, and they by far should be 5-0. and So against Penn State, first game of the season, right? Wasn't that the first game of the season? Uh, Penn State? Uh, Penn State played, yeah, exactly. Penn State played at Purdue. So first game of the season, um, Penn State, or excuse me, Purdue was an 89% uh, win expectancy. Okay, so so again, the win, win, expect against, uh, win expectancy against Purdue was 89% with two minutes and 50 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Purdue had the ball up three, on their 45-yard line, think about that. You have the ball up three on your own 45, just under three minutes to go in the game. That's an 89% win rate. They mm-hmm. ended up losing that game. And uh, against Syracuse, they scored a touchdown to go up four with 51 seconds left. As we all know, that was a crazy ending. Syracuse came back to win that win that one, but win expectancy, 89% against Penn State, 94% against uh, uh, Syracuse. They could easily be five and zero, and what would the line be? What would the narrative be if they were five and zero? A whole lot different than it is right now. For sure. So, look, 
the reason why I understand a lot of people may be off this game is Jeff Brom, but I don't think he's doing that much to lose his team games. I think his decision-making against Penn State was not great, but it was the first game of the season, and I do think that was a little bit overblown, but that is the, maybe the one reason, in my opinion, to stay off this game. Maryland has played well. They competed with Michigan. They beat Michigan State last week, but besides that, I just see a Purdue team with a much better schedule, much better in the advanced stats, so Purdue plus three is a uh, best bet for me. Okay. I'd probably lean that way, but I'm not going to give it out, but I love that Tyler's got a uh, got a best bet there for, uh, for Purdue. Now, I was going to bring this up at the top of the show, but Smitty was not here yet, uh, and I wanted to, to wait to get his input. Yes. Our, the national crisis is over. Aaron Judge finally hit this record-hitting home run, <laughs> and on college football Saturdays, we're not going to have to have cut-ins to the Yankees games anymore. It. SEC fans, when you're watching the next game that we're breaking down, we will not have cut-ins to the fucking New York Yankees that just ruin all of our lives, and we all do a collective eye roll that nobody wanted to see or needed to see at all. It's incredible. I'm so happy. When I saw that he hit the home run last night, I did not give a shit about the record, <laughs> but I thought, yes, no more of this in college football. I know, exactly. Because yeah. no one cares about 63 or but whatever. You know what I'm already getting sick of is all of the people doing like the putting in big sporting moments on Twitter and saying, you know, whatever. National championship game interrupted by Aaron Judge's home run. It's oh just already gosh. so tired. Have yeah, you seen those? Tr- Have you seen uh, yeah, them? for sure. And, yeah. and that, you're right. They killed the joke. But the, so, the pain behind it is real. So uh, we go to the SEC, a, an actual rivalry game, Auburn at Georgia here. Um, 30 I don't points. have a ton for this game. I, I don't have a lot either, but it's it's relevant to me because, you know, Georgia the last Just two weeks. Will Aaron Judge is at the plate. 3-2 <laughs> count. Got to see what he does He's here. He's fast with the buttons, folks. That was not playing. And ball four I saw you, for Aaron I saw you Judge. doing something over there, but I know what the fuck you were doing. Incredible. You're so um, much better of a producer than I am. <laughs> Oh, he's, he's good with the sounds. I do okay. like the sounds. I do Adjusting like the, the volume, yes. keep, keeping us on track, not so much. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> Auburn at Georgia. Um, Georgia has underperformed the last two weeks, right? They almost lost to Missouri. They didn't play uh, that great against Kent State, especially based off of expectations. They, they did not cover either of those spreads, which were massive. And now they get Auburn at home. And guess what? The spread is massive. And I don't know if that... If, I mean, who knows? If it's adjusted based off the last two weeks, what would the spread have been? Because right now, Auburn is a 30-point home favorite against... Or, wow. excuse me, Georgia is yeah. a 30-point home, uh, home favorite against Auburn. Um, I know that Auburn is bad. I think this could be the game that breaks Brian Harson's back and maybe costs him his job. Uh, it's certainly possible. Was that a bet board, by the way? Was that an actual bet board that he'd be fired? Uh, My bet on that? No, Brian remember I gave no. Yeah, so what Brian Harson not being there. I so last year I I we we uh, retro we proactively gave you the win. Remember because I, I I pulled it out in one of the final episodes. I said, I it, said you said Alabama. Alabama. I said Alabama. No, I did. I okay. said yeah, it was my it was my mistake. I said Brian Har our bed is Brian Harson won't be head coach of Alabama by the end of two thousand <laughs> whatever. And so that and so last okay. year, remember I was being a gentleman because you were a gentleman. It was like thirty one twelve at that point. Gentlemanly. <laughs> uh, very so, gentlemanly yeah. of you to bring that up as well. Um, but uh, yeah so look I think that this could be the game where he loses his job and Auburn finally has a good excuse like hey we're getting rid of this guy because they're going to get blown out but that being said 30 points against you know what is an SEC team and yeah they're bad but they're they're not like that bad they're not Vandy Um, for a 30 point home favorite here 
for a Georgia team that's struggling. The only motivation I could see here is that maybe Georgia's tired of hearing for the last yeah. two weeks that they're not as good. You know, Joel Klatt dropped him out of like his top three or whatever, it's which so is exactly it's insane. I know. Yeah, I'm sure the players are very concerned. By the way, I love Joel Klatt. I'm not Me even too. ripping on him, but it's, but just, it's like, just such a media thing. It is a media is. thing. I see overreact. all these Twitter accounts and Gross. Instagram accounts doing their like top 10, top 25, and it's it's just like the AP top, top 25. Right. It's so silly. And, and look, I know Kansas in the, in the top 25 right now. Just talking about FEI, taking me out of it, taking all the other pros that we talk about, uh, just the FEI, which is opponent adjustant. How, how are you doing per possession? They're, what, what did I say, 60 seconds, 64, yeah. something like that? I mean, yeah, so yeah. Anyway. I mean, look, I, I if I had to bet it, I, I would lean Auburn because, again, uh, I don't think that I don't think I like I I, I want to see Will's like a fan that. of the 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 large uh, spreads, aren't you? Well, at this no, point I'm lean fading it. I lean yeah, Auburn he because he, I, like he I wants to swallow the thirty. I haven't no, seen. Oh no, he, he wants to give it up. Actually, yeah, yeah. I, yeah he's I, I'm taken. Yeah, um, he's taking it. Yeah, uh, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I mean, look, I, I just haven't. I, we haven't seen the dominant Georgia that we saw the first couple of weeks, and maybe this is the week they come back. But if I'm going to lean one way or the other, I would have thought this this number would have come down. So. Uh, I'd lean Auburn, but I don't love the pick. But I, I did want to talk about it. Yeah, I don't have a ton for this game. I mean, I, I, I th- this number is so crazy to me. I mean, I just don't. And when I say crazy, I mean that's probably not the best word to use. Just volatile. You know, I can see it's going a lot of different directions. If the Bulldogs can turn it on and just stop what Auburn wants to do, which they should be able to. I mean, you know, they could win by twenty-eight, could win by thirty-three, could win by forty. I'm not sure. So the volatility here is keeping me away. But I, I could see Auburn showing up. Sure. Yeah, I mean, this sure. could be Brian Harson's last game. Yeah, yeah, and so I'm not, I'm not so sure. So uh, real quick, I, uh, my brother sent me a video um, today. I don't know. Have you guys seen the uh, Beyond Scared Straight video with Georgia? With Georgia? No. Yeah. So it, it was it was this group of people that made this video, and it's this guy in a in a Georgia uniform, and and you know Beyond Scared Straight to take the like juvenile delinquents mm-hmm. and into a real prison, and they scare the shit out of them. Yep. And so the Georgia guy just like you see him walking down the stairs, and it's like all the it's people in in shirts of all the worst teams in college football. And they're telling him like, "This could happen to you. This, could, you think you could just just pull one out against Missouri? This could happen to you." <laughs> and and then the Georgia guys like, "You know what? You guys are all group of five teams. This will never happen." And as a Colorado Buff fan, they go, "This is why it was funny." Uh, they just go. We should bring out the buff. <laughs> and behind a closed door, this guy just like swings the door open. And it's a guy in a CU uh, <laughs> CU shirt, and there's like, "It can happen to you." That's great. <laughs> I gotta see this. I hadn't heard yeah. about that at all. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll send it to you guys. Incredible. All right, that's cool. Uh, we'll tweet it out too. Um, Pac-12 game: Utah at UCLA. UCLA four point home favorite here. Now they beat Washington last week. Um, that you know, uh, kind of an upset, maybe. Another, you know, the Pac-12 is probably out again unless USC goes undefeated. But UCLA is undefeated, and they've been good so far. Doreen Thompson-Robinson, he's this is like his fourth or fifth year there. The offense is really good. Um, I think that this UCLA team is super talented, but I think that Utah is potentially still the class of the Pac-12, and even though this is a home game, in air quotes for UCLA, what does that mean exactly? How many fans are going to be in that stadium? They were basically giving away tickets for that Washington game last week, and they still rarely even cut to the stands because they don't want to show how empty <laughs> the Rose Bowl is. It's honestly fucking pathetic. Yeah. U- UCLA is a good team, and they can't get 30,000 people inside a 100,000-seat stadium. Um, they don't don't have much home field advantage here. I like Utah plus four here, Tyler. 
Uh, yeah, I'm on uh, minus four. Uh, I'm on Utah as well. Oh, Utah's a uh, did I, was that reading that wrong the whole time? Uh, Utah's I, a four point favorite. Yeah, uh, Utah is the favorite in this game. Wow. Well, then <laughs> that may change things. I could have sworn that when I was reading it, it was the other way around. I mean, you've got me. I I missed a line last week, but I'm I'm. 95% confident it's Utah. Let's, yeah, okay. I mean, that would make quick. more sense, I would think. So. God, this computer is so fucking slow. Like, I don't know what it is. I haven't put anything on this computer. It's like I use it once a week. It's an HP, dude. All right, we're going to go... Uh, They're not ideal. Shots fired. Shots so, fired. Yeah, yeah, Utah's minus four here. Okay. Um, Currently minus 105, actually. So four 105. Um, but either way, um, yeah, I'm going Utah uh, with the four here. So my line's actually Utah uh, minus uh, five. Okay. I've got Utah 15 and a half points better than average. I've got Utah ninth in the country in my ratings. I've got UCLA 20th in my ratings, nine points better than average. So I've got Utah six and a half points better. And uh, UCLA gets about a point and a half for home field. And let's quickly talk about that. I, I heard Will mention UCLA's home field, and they don't have a good home field. But let's remember a very important point about home field. Home field's not about necessarily how well do you play at home. It's about how well do you play at home versus how well do you play on the road? And it's not really even as much about how loud is the crowd or how's the travel or even like what's the altitude. Like that impacts things, but that's all part of the equation, right? It's So, so there's two parts that go into home field. It's how much better at home than away is the home team. And it's also how much better or worse is the away team on the road compared to at home. We see this a lot like when there's a great team like Alabama – they may be sometimes better on the road than at home. We've seen this before where Alabama goes on the road and they have a cover margin of, you know, like eight points a game. And at home, they're covering by five or six points a game. And so for those Alabama teams, you could actually say they have one of the worst home field advantages in the SEC for that reason. And it's all baked in the equation. So when you say uh, for this game, and not, not you will, but just in general, uh, Utah's going on the road to UCLA, it's how much better does UCLA play at home than on the road, which is not that much better? And how much better is UC or how much better is Utah at home than on the road? Right. It's actually not that much better either. Utah's a decent road team. What we saw week one, them go on the road to Florida, I think was such a unique, flawed situation. I kind of throw that out as a data point personally. And I, I just believe that Utah got off on such a wrong foot. So anyway, back to the home field thing. I'll wrap it up there. But home field is about how good are you at home compared to the road? And then how good or bad is the road team uh, away compared to at home? And everything's built in that line. Like So when teams have to come to, to, to Boulder, altitude's built in. Right. The buffs play better or worse at home. So you don't go, you know, let's say Kansas comes to Boulder, you don't go downgrade because it's an altitude. Well, let's, let's see how if CU plays better at home anyway, and then how well does Kansas do when they go on the road? How well have they done an altitude? So home field's a really kind of complex thing, and I, I, I do believe, I agree with you. UCLA does not have a great home field this week. I've got it at one and a half, but I think that was a good refresher for the audience that home field's a real complex, tricky thing. I always just say to be like, very simple for the audience, three points. Three points is like a good general middle of the road, right. but it's way more usually nuanced than that. So anyway, getting on with my handicap here. I think this season, Utah got off on such a bad foot, like I said, on the road, first game of the season in Florida. So I, I'm kind of looking past that game. Why? Because of how they've responded. They've outgained their opponent, their opponents since that game, 184 to 43. And I know it's Southern Utah... 
uh, San Diego State, Arizona State, and Oregon State, but those actually aren't bad teams. I mean, we talk about some of these other teams who are beating the worst in the country. That's right there, middle of the road. So I know UCLA also beat Washington last week, but Washington isn't Utah, okay? Washington is way improved from last year, but I, we may have over, been overreacting on Washington this year. New coach, new system. UCLA starts to prove it to me personally. So the look line here, the look ahead line, excuse me, was six. So you can't convince me that much changed after UCLA beat Washington. By the way, FEI, I always go back to it. Love these ratings. Utah, fifth in the country in FEI. Utah is, or uh, excuse me, UCLA is 38th. So I think Utah is going to have their way, control the offense, and uh, they're going to keep Dorian Thompson Robinson at bay. They killed him last year. They clearly know how to shut that down. And I just trust Kyle Whittingham to get the run game going, stop UCLA on the ground, and stop DTR from getting going. So we'll take Utah minus four. We have a bet board. I'm switching because my whole handicap was on on uh, <laughs> UCLA being a home favorite. I I will take UCLA plus four. I know I, I, they don't have a home field advantage, but what they're good at so far, they've been a very, and their strength of schedule is not great. You're right. I don't think the Washington win at the end of the season will be as big as it seemed last week. But again, they've been really good against the run specifically. Um, they're a very good defense against the run. Uh, UCLA is right now. They're they're actually averaging only giving up. 80 yards per game uh, to opponents' teams. Now, again, it hasn't been a great uh, strength of schedule, but you look at a team like Washington who um, was able to air it out a lot, and yeah, they were able to score some points, but ultimately I think that that if Utah wants to to try to you know uh, dominate the, at the line of scrimmage and run the ball, um, I think that UCLA will be able to do enough to to keep it close. So I'm taking UCLA UCLA plus four. Oh, bet board. Uh, we move on to BYU at Notre Dame, classic rivalry game. Uh, future Big 12 team versus independent team. Right now, two just independent teams, right? Um, yes. BYU plus three and a half at Notre Dame. Tyler, what do you got? Uh, let's see here. Uh, Notre Dame may take advantage of uh, BYU defense line, uh, the defensive line that's been really poor so far. I mean, BYU has gotten pushed all over the field, and Notre Dame, I think, will take advantage of it. All right, so here's the thing. You guys know all those stats I gave in the beginning of the, the show. So BYU is worse than 110th in the following. Average average line yards, pass down line yards, opportunity rate, and stuff rate. Worse than 110th in all those stats. And it's not much better in the other categories. It's like 98, 90. And it's just so amazing how bad their D-line has been, despite despite the fact they're 4-1. Um, Notre Dame also, I'm really impressed with them. Their last game, game and a half, two games, the play calling has gotten better. They're opening things up on offense. I'm impressed with their offensive line, too. And that was supposed to be the the crux of this team going into the season. They're supposed to lean on their offensive line. But the efficiency has been right there, top 10 in the country last two weeks. And BYU doesn't get the pressure. So I think this is a bad matchup. They don't BYU doesn't tackle in the backfield. The Cougars are going to load the box this game because they know that stopping Notre Dame's run is how you stop Notre Dame. And I wonder, I mean, look, I know Notre Dame made a change of quarterback, and I also understand the Irish are thin at receiver, but I be able. I, I believe this offense will be able to do enough to move the ball on BYU. I actually think offensively they'll they'll dominate on the line. My question is: Is BYU going to muddy things up, put Nate in the box, bring in complex blitzes? And remember, this game's in Las Vegas, so it's a neutral field game at Allegiant State. Did you say mm. that in the beginning? No, I didn't. Okay, I yeah, cool. yeah, it's My where bad. the Raiders play, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. So it's a neutral site game. So kind of what we talked about earlier: home field's out, so we have to look at how each team travels, how each team does on the road. And Notre Dame, I think, 
the talent travels well, especially in these situations. And uh, this is also kind of a weird small 5% of the handicap, but it's supposed to be pretty heavy with Notre Dame. Now, these are two big fan bases, but keep in mind, a lot of the Mormons are cheering for BYU. Their first destination is not Las Vegas. Notre Dame's got fans all over the country who are loving a Las Vegas trip, you know, potentially. So I think it's going to be about 60-40 in the crowd, mm. and to, but that's a small part of the handicap. Just wanted to put that out there, but um, I think this is going to be a pretty good game, but I think Notre Dame's just going to wear BYU down over the course of uh, 60 minutes. So we'll take the Irish, the Foyt Irish. I think it's three and a half right now, right? Three and a half, yeah, and, and Notre Dame, you know... Um, you know they're now two and two after an zero and two start. I believe they had a bye week last week as well, which which would would factor into that. Um, I think that that Marcus Freeman is definitely turning things around. And you look, their strength of schedule is way better than BYU's. I mean, you look at the teams that Notre Dame has played so far. They've played a lot of good teams. Uh, that factors into it as well. Um, Drew Pine has, you know, I, I think he's getting a little bit better, but ultimately. I think that BYU has been a lot more disappointing than than what I expect them to be this year, and they haven't played up to that kind of potential. Um, and so I, I'll, I'll I'll go with you here. I'll take uh, Notre Dame minus three and a half. All righty, uh, we move on to Kansas State at Iowa State. Uh, not a lot on this game, but what I will say is that um, Kansas State only a two point favorite here at Iowa State. We've seen Kansas State the last two weeks play phenomenally right they they destroy oklahoma they get a, a, a solid win against texas tech and now they're only a two-point favor going at iowa state and for whatever reason again i think iowa state is a better team than what you know my the rest of my handicap is basically going to say but iowa state for, like keeps getting um these favorable lines it's like the betting the 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 sports books there's something about them they like that no one else is seeing right they were favored against kansas that didn't go out uh, work out very well Yes, they overperformed potentially and beat Iowa, um, but I think this Kansas State team uh, is humming right now. They're looking really good, mm-hmm. you know. If not for that that loss to Tulane, I mean, even still, they're in the driver's seat for the Big Twelve. It's them in Kansas, which is hilarious. Um, and uh, the state the state of Kansas just dominating the Big no Twelve kidding. right now. Um, but I think Kansas State is is a much better team than Iowa State. Basically at every single uh, at every single level, um, and as as someone who thinks Matt Campbell runs a great defense and makes a really tough team, to me they're just young, they're inexperienced. You see a lot of turnovers from the offense, even though there is talent there. I think Kansas State runs away with this game, so I'm all over the uh, the Wildcats minus two. Yeah, I don't have a ton on this game either. Um, I just wonder, you know, Matt Campbell is. Not the most consistent coach in college football. He couldn't get out of his own way last week. I mean, a lot of those mistakes were on him. But let's not forget the reason why he comes up all the time is because he pulls off these upset wins. He gets his team True. up when he he's not very good as a favorite, but right. he's great when they're when they're not in a, in a good position. Now, uh, two point dogs at home, right? That's right. Iowa State. Yeah, so it's one of those spots where I think they could perform a lot better than people think. I don't have anything on this game. I don't love either side, but uh, just a little you know, juxtaposition for what Will said. And, you know, Matt Campbell could motivate him. This could be one of those weird classic Iowa State. I don't know if you want to call it an upset, but, uh, yeah, I'm just afraid to bet this game. So, uh, pass for me. Okay, perfect. Uh, we move on to the ACC, Florida State at NC State. Currently, the Wild Pack are three-point home favorites here over the Knolls. 
Now, Florida State gets the the tough loss last week to uh, to Wake. Um, kind of ends a little bit of the hype train that was going on there in Tallahassee. Even still, I do think they're a good team. NC State on the other side, another tough loss again at the hands of Clemson on the road. Um, ultimately, I think that these are two teams that kind of want to play the same way. They want to run the ball a lot and be physical, and the team that's going to win at the line of scrimmage is going to be the one that, that comes out on top. But I think where I, I come out is I think NC State has the superior defense here, and I think they'll be able to limit Jordan Travis and the Florida State offense. So uh, I'm taking NC State uh, minus three at home here, Tyler. We got a bet board game. Love it. All right, so I'm on uh, Florida State plus the three. Um, one of the improvements this year for Florida State that I've been really impressed with and I've seen mathematically has been the offensive line. They're 34th in the standard down line yards and 25th in opportunity rate. Now, we're talking about an offensive line last couple of years that's been 80th or worse in those categories. Big, big improvement. So... Uh, gotta love the offensive line. Defense line, defensive line on the other hand, has been a little suspect, but I think it's a decent matchup here for them. Uh, NC State, they actually have been winning because of their defense. Let's look at some FEI ratings. Uh, Florida State, thirty-seventh uh, overall, thirtieth offense, fifty-third defense. NC State, 35th overall, 68th offense, 19th defense. So they have been winning with defense. My main question here for NC State is, can they move the football? Last week, uh, Devin Leary was 28-47, 245 and a touchdown. His pass attempts in order from the first game to now, he's thrown 33, 33 passes, 25 passes, 23, and then 44-47. I don't think that's what NC State wants to do. And I think we see a bit of an adjustment this week, right? So NC State, I don't, th- I don't think they're going to air it out. They haven't had a whole lot of success doing that. So the question is, can they run the ball effectively? Can this offensive line dictate what they want to in the trenches, and I don't think they're that, that, that's the case. I think this is a very average offensive line. I mean, they're right there, average to below average in a lot of these categories I like to look at, but there's certainly nothing to write home about, in my opinion, about this NC State offensive line. Now, Florida State, for the most part, against Louisville, they contain Malik Cunningham. They, for the most part, against uh, Wake last week, contained Sam Hartman, and, and Wake ran a lot. So, they've seen the offense that wants to run it, and for teams that want to air it out, they've actually done rather well. FSU struggles stopping the rush when there's a running quarterback on the other side. Okay, so think about a couple of these games that we think when we think FSU maybe struggling a little defensively, not looking like a great team, or at least like the team that you want to bet on. When they played uh, uh, Louisville, Malik Cunningham ran for 127. The rest of the team ran for 110. When they played LSU, this is crazy. When they played LSU, Jaden Daniels rushed, rushed for 114 yards. The rest of the team had 25 yards. So Florida State is actually very, very good at stopping the rush. They're just not good at stopping running quarterbacks. And Devin Leary is not that quarterback. In his career, he's registered, sacks included, 134 rushes for negative 18 yards. And just to put that in comparison, Jaden Daniels, uh, in, in one fewer year, has 356 attempts for over uh, 1,600 yards. Now, obviously, that's Jaden Daniels, but my point there is, polar opposite offenses. So I think it's a good match for Florida State. As long as it's not a running quarterback, I really trust this rush defense. So when you look at advanced stats for FSU, the D-line actually, they do have some suspect stats, but upon further consideration, it's because they've gotten gouged by these quarterbacks. That's not going to be the case this week. And in reality, I think there's a much better defense than we've seen. So I think the offense runs the football, they stop the run, and uh, Florida State could be a live dog, but I'll take them plus the three in the bet board. Bet board. That's three bet board games now. It Incredible. Is. I love it. Again, I have a one-game lead. 
I'm holding on with dear life. Yes. For dear life. But uh, five it, and four this year, I think. The fact, yes, it's five and four. On the bet board, yes. And uh, the fact that He's I'm not down, it. the fact that I'm not down eight already is a good sign compared to last <laughs> year. Let's just be honest. Um, we'll keep it going. I'm, yeah, I, I'm going to stick with that with NC State. There, we move on to what what may be the biggest matchup, not because of who the teams are, but because of the storyline uh, of the weekend: Texas A&M at Alabama. Alabama currently a 24 point home favorite here over A&M. There's a lot to go into this. Obviously, in the offseason, we had the the drama between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. Um, Nick Saban basically said something that was not even an insult at all, that, that A&M bought their their whole recruiting class, which they did. And it was NIL money had a lot to do with it. And then, you know, Jimbo Fisher got super butthurt and was and threw up a tirade until SEC media days, and all of a sudden now they're, they're buddy-buddy, yeah. you know, chummy-chummy <laughs> again. But... There's a lot of revenge factors for for Alabama here, right? Obviously, they lost last year. Um, A&M won that game. That was a, a surprising one, a major upset. And then you have Jimbo Fisher talking shit about Nick Saban uh, in the media all offseason. A ton of revenge factors for Alabama here. Um, what I don't like is that A&M is so down, they're struggling, and Alabama is going to be a heavy public favorite here with a big spread. I mean, you look at 24 points, only one time in this matchup since 2014 would Alabama have covered that much, uh, that, that big of a spread. Um, Bryce Young questionable. He'll probably play. We know that the backup quarterback is good, but again, I think you know AM wants to chew up the clock, and and I think that it's a hard team to cover this many. I'm not saying I don't think AM has a a shot at winning really, um, but I think that 24 points is too much, and I think that uh, that ultimately. You know, you're going to see teams that are taking up a lot of time uh, of possession, and I think that A&M has a defense to keep it close enough, so I'm going to go A&M plus 24. Yeah, this is uh, a game that I can't give out in all good conscience. I bet this preseason on DraftKings, I have Alabama minus 17 this game. Wow. Um, so nice. the line's moved a ton based on Texas A&M, what they've done this season. So, I mean, I'm not going to give out a game touchdown difference either way that I have, but I do think Alabama, like Will said, a lot of revenge factors, and I always ask, in these 24, 30, 35-point spreads, is there incentive for the winning team to keep their foot on the gas? Because little fun note, fun factor, something that gets overlooked far too often, did you know in these big spreads, like last week, uh, minus 50, Ohio State minus 50, Alabama minus 50, what would you guys guess? So let's say we have a team, just for the sake of math, that's minus 28. What would you guys guess each quarter's broken down into? What do you think that would look like? I would guess... You just Probably want to the sevens, right? Eight or nine points in the first quarter, seven in the second. I would guess that the fourth would be would be a lower number. Is, so is how it would break down. So Will's on to something here, and and most people would say what Ryan says he's put into sevens. Uh, it's a little backwards, Will. The first and third are actually a little lower scoring. Interesting, but. In these big spreads, so that's for a classic game. If you're minus seven, or let's just say minus a eight, it'll be like minus two and a half first quarter, minus, or excuse me, minus one and a half first quarter, two and a half second quarter, one and a half third quarter, two and a half fourth quarter, okay? But in a spread where it's, let's say, 28, what that looks like is it's inflated in the first half and the third quarter, and the fourth quarter is always a pick em. And if you guys don't believe that, go in all these blowouts this year. Go in every game. It's been like a huge blowout. Look at the fourth quarter. It's usually like the team that gets blown out wins or they stay right there. It's amazing how often fourth quarters are coin flips when one team blows the other team out. Because generally, the, the team who, blew, who blows them out has a huge lead by halftime right. or third quarter, so they're sitting people. And so it's really interesting to look at those lines where the fourth quarter actually should be a pick em. So the reason I said that is 
what's the incentive for Alabama to run the score up here, right? And I think there's a ton of incentive, obviously, as Will pointed out. You know, everything that, that Jimbo and A&M has put on the the, the, the the billboard and all that for, for motivation. So yep. I actually lean Bama here, um, given the points, but uh, I can't give it out at the current number, so... Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm going to give out my uh, my perfect square parlay. It's actually I, th- I thought of a new name for this segment. Okay. Uh, so it's called Knights of the Square Table. Knight, I love <laughs> it. Like Knights that? of the Square Table. <laughs> yes, well, it'll, I it'll do be love for it. Our, uh, our parlay every week. And while you're giving yours, I'll find my underdog. Remember how I like to give my underdog? Yes, your money dog. My money line. Your super dog. Uh, yeah. <laughs> super um, dog. Mine is actually just three teams this week. I didn't love it enough to, to give out a fourth. Okay. Um, but I like Texas minus seven, K-State minus two, and UCLA plus four. That's my three-team parlay. Smitty, your picks. We need Smitty. By the way, Smitty, uh, five and zero the last two weeks. Oh, he's hot. He's hot. You're oh, on a hot that one. Hansel, so hot oh, right baby. now. Maybe, maybe I should bet with myself rather than YouTube jokers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I like Auburn plus thirty. Uh, TCU minus seven. Um, I'm actually going to go Iowa State at home uh, plus the two. Wow. And then um, he's fading us. BYU uh, plus three and a half. Really fading our picks. I love it. BYU plus three and a half. Um, I'm going to go here. Let's see. Let's find one more to put at the end of this. As you can tell, all my handicaps are like super like takes forever. This is is flying by the seat of his pants now. All right, let's go. That's what I do with my picks. (laughs) (laughs) You guys do all this research and I'm just like, ah, here we go. All right, we're going to go. You know what? I leaned. uh, I said maybe Matt Campbell will pull something off. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna put Campbell in this, man. All right. So here's a three teamer. I, I'm giving out a three teamer. I always give in this like knights squ- the square table, right? The new segment. Uh, I give underdog money lines in the parlay. So right. it's a three team parlay, all money line. Purdue plus one twenty five. I'm taking East Carolina plus one thirty five. They're at Tulane, and I'm gonna take Iowa State plus one ten at uh, uh, at home against Kansas Fan, State. Total fanboy. Total fanboy. Matt Campbell uh, fanboy. That is a 10 to 1 bet. So cool Incredible. 10 bucks wins you 100. All right, love Ty- it. Tyler did say that Matt Campbell was an elite coach last week. Oh, That's right. Hey, hey. Of course, he, he didn't, he didn't clip that. He, he clipped the one of me saying I'm a supermodel. But real real quick, Ryan, we, we recorded Will singing. <laughs> oh, did you uh, drop that? We recorded Will singing Ludacris for the show. Will, can we play this or not? Not on the show, okay. no. Maybe yeah. afterwards. We'll play, it after. then, <laughs> then we'll, we'll, we'll play this one then. We'll play this one then. I like to self-identify as like a supermodel. <laughs> right. But Tyler saying Matt Campbell's elite certainly doesn't get cut. No, um, Thank you, thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore pod. Uh, follow us on Instagram at College Football Tailgate. We'll see you next week. 